0: And welcome to episode 150 of the F-Reality Podcast. It's time to lock and load for this week's top VR news. We're going to be talking about Onward getting a visual downgrade on PC. Rumors intensify around the Oculus Quest 2's IPD adjustment. We have some new information about Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge. We'll be talking to our special guest, Lucas Risotto, about VR game development and building real-life time machines. Mind blown. You definitely want to stick around for that. And then finally, Rowdy has got some new VR releases for you to look forward to next week. But now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been the highlight of the week this week. And also, let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up to the plate, this guy is going full beast mode, or should I say, Mister Beast mode? So, Friesian friend, it's of course, Nathy.
1: How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing fine. Although. I have been working all week. It's like, it feels like I'm living in a simulation right now. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, man. It's pretty, pretty freaking crazy. But um, yeah, we're setting everything up in terms of like hardware, you know, we collected everything. Now we're looking into setting everything up and next week we're gonna shoot. So uh, yeah, it's insane. We're, we're having 30 to 40 accessories, headsets, simulators, etc. everything. High-end, low-end, etc.
0: And when do you think uh, people will be able to watch the video do you, do you know roughly when it's gonna go live? uh
1: I don't know yet, I can't say um, yeah but uh it it it's usually not taking months because uh you know they they like to uh, be on the hype of stuff Because yeah. if you would release it two months later, it's like uh yeah, this headset is pretty old, so yeah but it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be insane. I think it's gonna be the most uh the highest viewed video on the platform um, that that includes v r yeah yes uh, yes vr yeah um, so it's gonna be huge uh, for sure so yeah we're, we're in crunch time now because you know that vr uh, across the board is not always compatible you know you can't just let's say grab a valve index and then hook it up to a treadmill and then wear uh let's say certain gloves with it and then then also put a, a haptic suit on and then also have some smell modules around you i mean that's not how it just <laughs> works you know you need to do some research on what's yeah. possible or not but um it's gonna it's gonna be good like i did so much research and what games should they be playing what experience should they be going for um yeah. the the only thing the only thing that i cannot solve sadly is that if you want to try 40 to 50 accessories headsets etc in two days i can't promise that you're not going to get motion sick
0: yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they react to that. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But
1: Because but, they're not that
0: well-versed in VR. They've tried it, but they're not, like, pros. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, from the chat, people are saying, um, can you just adjust the audio levels slightly, like boost us up um, and even yourself okay. up a little bit, Nathy?" I think. Um, okay. But, yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a super interesting project from MrBeast. Obviously, he's one of the biggest uh, YouTubers on 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 the platform. So to get that kind of exposure for virtual reality is great, I think, for the whole industry. Um so I'm excited to see it. So glad to hear that you're working hard behind the scenes to make it make it happen. Yes. Next up. This guy doesn't play well with others and is the definition of a lone wolf. Everyone say howdy to Rowdy. How you doing? I'm
2: doing I'm doing all right. I I also had a very very busy week for a completely different reasons than uh than Natey just because uh I went to my first virtual reality conference uh in here. Well it wasn't really virtual reality, it's more like online, they just called it a virtual reality conference, and they actually spent quite some time on, on making it really, really well. Now, This was for my work, so it was uh, uh, for, for my, my actual work, uh, and it was uh, an, an Alzheimer conference that is called uh, AAIC, it's the biggest Alzheimer disease conference in the world, that was held normally this year in Amsterdam, so back on the on the European continent. And uh, the interesting part was the the amount of effort that they did in making the uh, the the conference as real as possible so they even supported virtual reality devices so you could use a virtual reality device to go to the to the to the conference session and they had like um, the conference hall like the lobby uh, you had uh, the the poster sessions and you could actually like, go in there and like walk or up uh, well not really walk around but like look around a little bit it was very very interesting how they did that and they obviously spent a lot of energy and time and money probably in, in making something like that it was all uh, all moving as well so you had like this uh this overview of like the the lobby you could see people moving in the lobby so it was really really neat it was the first time that i actually uh, did something like that it was also my first time i went to that uh, specific conference so it was a lot of uh, a lot of firsts for the first time.
0: <laughs> nice. And how many people attended, like in VR? Do you know the numbers roughly? I, I don't know if they're. I don't think they keep
2: those numbers really. Uh, also because virtuality, I don't think is really like the perfect platform in order to like you know, especially because you you want to take a lot of notes, and you need to write stuff down. I don't think virtuality is like the perfect platform for doing that yet. Um, but on, on average, a session would probably have like 700 to a thousand people watching it live
0: right yeah. and i take it like because this is to do with your work did they supply you with a headset or you're like yeah don't worry guys i've got this i've got my own kit uh,
2: no no they they <laughs> don't because everything is uh watchable just on a pc screen okay. as well and i think that is like the like well like 99.9 percent of the people are probably doing it that way yeah it's just neat that they for the fun of it i guess like included virtuality support as well uh, which is kind of kind of interesting to see. They maybe maybe they knew I was coming, so yeah. they did it for me. <laughs> and were
0: they were they actually talking about using VR as a platform to help people with Alzheimer's? Because we talked no, about that there before. There might have been
2: like a there, there might have been a few more talks that like went more into that like therapeutic benefit of yeah. like maybe using a virtual reality device. Um, but that wasn't like the 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 essence of the conference. It was more about about like biomarkers, diagnosis, uh, improving uh, recognition, uh, healthcare. Uh, it was more that was really the focus the, the the hardcore science of uh of the disease and the pathology so yeah. yeah very interesting though
0: yeah absolutely and you know we've discussed that before you know vr would be great you know as a use case for people that suffer from alzheimers you know maybe to take them back to a time that they remember sure. visit vividly to help them out uh that would be kind of an interesting thing and i know that nathy's brother and manager david does a lot of work or research in that kind of field right nathy mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's true yeah i um like Actually, I thought maybe to invite him on the podcast sometimes to talk we about We should do that, actually. we uh, should cause... get more into the healthcare uh, stuff, yeah. you know, because, you know, I, I keep on mentioning, for example, that, yes, what you just, you know, uh, referred to, but also that the Go is still getting used a lot in that uh, in that field. So, yeah. yeah, it would be good to kind of dive deeper into that, I agree. Yeah,
0: we should get him on the show in the future, absolutely. And talking about getting people on the show, a uh-huh. special guest this week who wants to take us back to the future, he's the builder of VR Time yeah. Machines, Lucas Risotto.
3: Welcome to the show, man. Hi everyone. It's really a pleasure to be here, especially as someone who's been watching the podcast from afar. And wait, how many? Uh, we're a hundred and what? Hundred fifty episodes into this? now. Oh my <laughs> god, guys! I know, That's crazy. I
0: know. Like, how many years? Like, I think it's three years now. We've been doing this, which is pretty so, crazy. Yeah.
2: It's been insane.
0: Yeah, a uh, lot of fun. Yeah, like it's it's always great to uh, you know meet up with people that are like minded and have this kind of like vision of VR, and they they, they are super passionate about it. And that's kind of the joy of doing the show, I guess. And also like, you know, just recently having more guests on the show uh, and getting insights from developers and people that are in different areas. Uh, And I think it teaches us a lot about the industry that we didn't necessarily know about before. So yeah, it's great to have you on the show, especially with some of the stuff that you've been working on recently. I think it's going to be (laughs) super interesting to talk about it later on in the show. Um, So definitely looking forward to diving into that. But feel free to chip in with your thoughts and insights in any of the topics that we discuss uh, on the show today. Um, So so, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike, uh, host of the show from Virtual Reality Oasis. Uh, before we, we get into what I played this week and what my highlight is, uh, let's see what the the chat have been up to this week.
2: Yeah, let me just bring the chat back here. Um, so we have uh, well, we had a lot of people saying that the audio was still a bit too quiet, but now it seems to be yeah, resolved. So I, I thanks I,
1: for that. I think I sound beautiful um, now. Do I sound beautiful? I hope so.
2: <laughs> you, you always sound beautiful, <laughs> okay, Cool, always. Uh, so, we have uh, Buckbytes that has been playing Vertigo Remastered. I wonder if that is one of our, uh, it's because of our guest uh, from, uh, from last time that uh, he started playing that. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, such great a great game, game indeed. Such a good game, yeah. yeah. It's totally underrated. Game.
0: And I, I think, you know, it hasn't had um, as much love on, on the Steam store as it probably deserves. So, yeah, if you've yeah. not tried Vertigo Remastered, definitely go check it out.
1: Or if yeah. you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back to it because I think it's totally worth it. It felt very special to have him on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: Uh, then we have uh, Dave the Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> he, always says. Yeah, he played games out of, my comfort, out of his comfort zone this week. He played Onward and Real VR Fishing. Those two are pretty much the same thing, so that's actually pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, then we have uh, Ispvögel. Uh, in death, uh, every day, and some System Shock Enhanced Edition with the Rewired mod. It is far too hot for VR right now. Is really? it? Is it that hot in the in the UK now as well? By the way,
0: Mike? yeah, it's, it's hot here. Like, thank God for aircon. Like, I know I only recently had it installed, but it's paying for itself like a thousand <laughs> times over now. Like, I, I'm so much happier in this space because it's in a loft, of course, imagine. which gets super hot. Super
1: and hot. I, I see, wait, 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 um, wait, wait. I s- wait,
3: wait. Say that again. Super hot. No, no, in the way you should say it. Super. Hot. Super. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, I just looked at Vertigo for the first time and holy shit, this looks amazing. Oh, it's so good. You, dude. you haven't
2: you haven't played that one before? Cuz that's, no. that's actually a fairly old game now, right? Yeah. Uh, but they recently remastered it. Yeah, it's man. it's the guy who um
1: who worked well, for Valve had him on the show yeah. last week. Yeah. Yeah. He worked for Valve on, uh, on Half-Life Alex as well. Yeah, yeah doing the hand better. interactions. There is like a Vertigo 2 coming and there is a demo now yeah. that you can play for free. So you could check it out. It works very well with the Rift and the Valve Index and Mixed Reality headsets, etc. Yeah. So. The
2: demo is amazing. I think we even nominated it in one of our best games of the year yeah, last demo. year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the demo. The demo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, you can't see it, but like all, all my hairs are up from, from the trailer. I can't <laughs> believe I haven't played this.
0: <laughs> and that's important, <laughs> actually. I didn't ask you what your highlight of the week was uh, this week, uh, Lucas. Do you have something you've played
3: recently that you want to share? Um. Actually, um, I have a highlight, but it's a little bit different. Um. Sure. I've been getting a lot into. Oh, no. um You know, as <laughs> as someone who's an indie developer, I am. I'm trying to find you know fast ways to make tons of cool things. So I've been getting a lot into, um, 3D scanning and photogrammetry, so I can you know scan mm. assets in the real world and bring them into games and do all sorts of stuff. Um. So like I'm doing it mostly with the new iPad, which has like a lighter sensor that mm. makes this easier. But oh my Does god, is well? it harder than I thought? <laughs> Jesus, it's. It's been, it's been a lot. I've been using like, yeah, 10 apps this week, trying to learn how to, how to make it work. Um, and it's the sort of thing that's going to be super easy in like a couple of years and people are going to be doing this all the time, just scan something and put it in their game worlds. Um, which is going to speed development. It also looks super realistic. So I'm really excited about that.
0: Yeah. So how, how, how are you doing that at the moment? Like say if you've got a person, you want to scan them, do you have to like physically rotate around them with the, the iPad?
3: um so there's there's um i'm doing everything so i'm i have some scanner apps like on the iphone in which you just place the phone somewhere and you just basically uh you just stand up and you just like rotate very slowly (laughs) and it just scans it okay um and i'm going as far as to go to like a mixed reality capture studio in la um like two weeks from now to like where they have like huge chroma keys and tons of cameras and it's super expensive and crazy to get like the higher quality scans and i'm going to see the difference yeah. between each one but yeah yeah there's another
0: there's another dev studio that made the uh, the puzzle game on CyQuest. we should probably hook you up with their details to get in contact with them as well because they're pretty pro at photogrammetry and they put together like a photogrammetry puzzle game in CyQuest. yes
3: Quest? Oh, you know who yeah I'm they build about. miniatures that's how that's they right. design the levels they build that's miniatures right. and get photogrammetry scans which is like amazing you just never seen i got myself
2: scanned like that one time uh it was at an event where they had those like boots and you could just go in there and then they would like i mean you had to like if you won like a lottery or something they would also make like a little statue of yourself i didn't win that but i did get like it sent to me it was like awesome because i took like this like awesome pose so uh, i had this like 3d kind
3: of model of myself like going like yeah it's freaking awesome (laughs) <laughs> yeah there's so much so much potential but it's oddly very difficult right now but i know that it upsets me a lot with vr and ar that like lots of things that are really hard now are going to be like super easy in a year from yeah. now yeah. and i'm going to be like that's why uh yeah. that's
0: why the, the people that are working in vr now like the pioneers right they're like paving the road for everyone else in the future you know that's the way and I that is why you it.
2: build a, a time machine yeah or so you could just skip ahead <laughs> they, yeah. they
1: they are scanning the road ahead of us
0: yeah the- absolutely
1: let let us know let us know in the in the chat by the way what you would scan I, like I just, I don't oh know god don't, I like, ask them, don't ask them don't ask them we know what's gonna come up <laughs> too late <laughs> just, just be creative okay but okay
0: <laughs> but yeah looking uh, forward I'll highlight maybe,
2: uh, maybe a few more of the things that people <laughs> that people said in the chat uh, we had uh, Odin the audience he said he played onwards, cardcraft cardcraft Uh Trevor Saves <laughs> Saves the Universe <laughs> uh and then I saw there was another one that I thought was that was a cool one. Wait, let me check real quick. Which was? Oh, I no, it was a PDU set that it was in depth. I've been trying to beat GamerTax score.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, good luck with that. GTU is like also a bit pro. Yeah. Indeed.
2: Also, any
1: any scans, any scans that people want to make, uh, Rowdy? Uh... Uh, let me check.
0: No.
2: Environments, landscapes, my dog, my chicken. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So yeah, we 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 have suggestions coming in. Don't worry. Yeah, Lucas has got his own
0: chicken, which he's shown on camera. <laughs> um, So let's talk about my highlight of this week, uh, which is Onward, of course, on the Oculus Quest. Um, But it also kind of blends in with the first bit of news this week. So I'll talk about my experience, and then we'll talk about the news around Onward as well, because there's some controversy a little bit around the game at the moment as well. Uh, did any of you get to play on, uh, Onward on Quest this week? Uh, you did, Rowdy? Yes. Yeah, nice. So you can chip in with uh, your your thoughts as well. Um, yeah. So I, I got to play this with uh, Lonely Viper, who is like a, a like a oh, pro at this game. Uh, so he kind of taught me uh, everything I needed to know and show me the ropes. So thank you to him uh, for for his time. Uh, I also played with BMF and Gamertag VR as we all had early access to the game. And also on top of that, uh, Downpour Interactive were kind enough to send over this huge Onward uh, loot crate, which you might have seen me post on Twitter this uh, sort of week. And it contained basically all this like military gear. So, like, they, they sent like proper, like, military helmet, like, tack vest, gloves. Please tell me you, 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 you like, from now on are only going to play Onward in that outfit. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, of course, like, I, I wore it all for the video, um, you know, which I was surprised, actually, that I could fit the helmet on top of the my head with the quest on as well. But it worked. It seemed to work fine. So that was really great. Um, so yeah, I played it wearing all that kit, which was a lot of fun. You,
1: you look um, so dangerous, man. It's like, if I would see you on the battlefield, if I was your enemy, I was like, whoa, yeah. I need to be scared of this man. He's got a 360 nose. That was more
2: because he was playing with the Lonely Viper. Than with well,
1: well, This is the thing, right? Like, cause I, cause I looked so pro and
0: it's like, then I couldn't play like a noob, but you know what I mean? Like, otherwise you're just going to be like all the gear and no idea. So leveled me up, made me play better um very nice very but yeah nice. in terms of like the the, the, the port of it to, uh, to quest obviously you know looking at the game the graphics of course have taken like a visual downgrade to get it to run on a standalone headset uh, which is understandable
1: it's um, a bit like uh, like robo Ro- recall same story right like the yeah. graphics are just not so great but the at least the gameplay is still there
0: yeah you know and you know it's Even in terms of Quest, obviously it's not a particularly great looking game compared to some of the stuff we have seen on Quest. Um, You know, like you get some texture pop in when you get close to objects sometimes and enemies in particular do look pretty bad. Um, Also, they've implemented a kind of a new feature, which I hadn't seen previously on the PC version, which is like a kind of a suppression effect, which basically um, reduces your field of view in the headset uh, when shots are nearby or you actually get shot yourself. Um so you know, your vision can like be reduced down to like a single like little circle. Yeah. Uh, which that is... happened on
1: PC too, but it was more of a vignette kind of like effect. But here it's right. like a circle. It's
0: quite yeah, it's a not hard like circle. a it's a hard circle, exactly. And I, I guess I understand the the reasoning behind it because they want to um Tactical. simulate the disorientation of being like in in a battle, which I, I get, you know, you kind of panic. Um but it is kind of annoying and hopefully they they can um like rework it in the future. So there's an easier way to distinguish between like just a shot nearby or actually getting hit because at the moment it's different. It's difficult to tell the difference between the two effects. Um, so there's definitely room for improvement there, but it is an early access after all. Um, but other than those complaints, like, you know, the onward tactical gameplay that we know and love has remained intact in the port. Uh, and I think, you know, downpour interactive and coat sync did a pretty good job with keeping, you know, the core gameplay yeah. intact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do you think, Rowdy? I, th- I,
2: th- I think that's that's that they managed to do that is actually kinda amazing that you have a game like this now on a you know like a mobile processor. Yeah. Uh, regardless of like the you know the, the downgrade and it, like we all expected that and we all knew that. Uh, but how well it works is just it still surprises me. Anytime I, I, I take up like one of those like games and, and, and I put my quest on that it actually works so well on the on the quest, and I actually managed to get um, a, a ProTube. Oh, nice! Uh, ProTube actually sent me one uh, this week uh, for me to try out with the Oculus Quest, since I, I didn't manage to bring it from uh, from uh, from uh, Belgium. Uh, yeah. So I managed to to play around with this as well, and it's just like I mean, I know I'm a noob, and I know and I probably don't know how to use this thing properly, but I feel so badass when yeah. I'm using this thing. And it, I mean, it doesn't prove your shot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, it is just it is so awesome that you have these kind of like hardware kind of accessories that can improve your gameplay and make it more fun and even more like realistic in a in a, in a
0: certain way it's uh yeah i i have had so much fun with that I think especially because the quest is wireless using the 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 pro yeah. tree was much easier because you're not getting tangled up when you're spinning around yeah. uh targeting exactly, your en- enemies. Exactly. Um, but of course we have
2: these like the things I like us so much about it is that these like kind of come off yeah
0: with magnets so
2: they're, they're like magnetic so it's so nice when when you're playing around with like uh you know your gun and you want to get your pistol you can still do yeah. that it's actually kind of
1: yeah. neat. I, I think I think this is great news for the quest especially because it's been a while we have seen like uh you know a big multiplayer title coming to the platform, although I, I do still wish that Oculus is going to speed up the process a little bit and approve and these uh, things earlier, because like the Quest has been out for a year and now it's finally coming out, you know what I mean? So mm. I feel like this game uh, of course needed some work for sure on Quest, but it, it's like this could have been faster, you know, it feels like the releases, the launches feel very slow. Mm. And obviously, like you know, Lucas, you, you've had experience,
0: uh, you know, porting a game to to mobile. Um, so you kind of understand, you know, a lot of the limitations of the platform. Maybe you could, you know, share some insights into like how difficult that actually is. Because I think a lot of people take uh, the work behind the scenes for granted. You know, like is it easy to post on Reddit how upset you are, but mm-hmm. without understanding really what goes on behind the scenes.
3: Okay, so yeah, um, I actually can't, can't comment on this because I actually did the same things that they did, um, because we use the same the game development tools. Um, but essentially what happened is that um, they developed this game in Unity like in 2016, 2015, in which Unity was a completely different game engine. And what happened is that um, basically putting it simply the way that the graphics work, is just a bunch of math, it goes into a rendering pipeline, which is the engine, and it spits out the visuals. And Unity announced one or two years ago a new engine called uh, um, Universal Render Pipeline, which makes these games run very well on mobile hardware like the Quest. So what they did is that they got Onward and they rewrote all the visuals so it would work with that new pipeline. And um, unfortunately, that it, you know it, they can't be working on two different versions of the game at the same time. It's just like too time-consuming, especially for an indie team. So um, they, yeah the high end visuals of the PC VR are still running on that pipeline now and uh, you know the lower end it's it's a lower end version of the same pipeline so they basically they had to rewrite all the visuals so it would work on work on quest but so they wouldn't have two versions of the game being developed independently they had to like tie them up so it's um i think it's actually a good thing there's the visual downgrade which which sucks but it means that they are looking ahead like they want to support this long term Otherwise they could just you know not touch it not update Mm -hmm. it at all and like not give a crap but the fact that they've done this it shows that this is going to this is a game that's going to go on for like several years and have a strong mm-hmm. community behind it. But
1: it also shows where the sales are. I think you can better continue supporting the the, the standalone versions than the PC one because that's where you're going to make the money. No, yeah, but I think
2: I think what Lucas actually says, like if they look ahead at the future and we are all saying like you know Oculus Quest is the future and we're actually even considering that the, the Rift S you know might not get a successor, that it might be smart from a company like Onward to oh. to. To, to well, invest I mean, time in, and yeah, like, making course. sure that the game is
1: future-proof. Of course, I mean, look at the reviews. There are already a thousand reviews in twenty-four hours saying what happened with Five Nights at Freddy's. You know, yeah. if you compare yeah. it to what's happening on PC VR, you're going to be surprised again. So yeah, yeah.
0: and I can understand, you know, PC players being upset. You know, they, they invest a lot of money into hardware yeah, to get course. like the high-end visuals <laughs> of all the, the the PC games, which obviously can't run uh, that well on, on Quest. But w- by, by streamlining the game and you know simplifying the assets, they can build upon it. And certainly, when I reached out to the community manager of Onward, um, his kind of response was, uh, it's complicated uh, and it's a possibility that we're reverting PC for a moment until we get the visuals back up for PC. Uh, it has nothing to do with syncing up with Quest. It's a development issue. Uh, PC will eventually look a good, as good again as it did before, if not better. Um, but like you say, you know, from from Lucas's point of view, like developers don't want to be working on two separate versions of the game, because like, say if you had a weapon, you've then got to add it twice rather than just once. Um, So it just makes sense from that point of view. So I understand why people are upset, but I think long term it's going to add way more players to the game. uh, And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll reignite this kind of like competitive community that we've kind of like lost a little bit over the years, you know, that we saw like really um, uh, OC4 and OC5, you know, those big kind of like competitive events. uh, We lost them at OC6. Uh, But hopefully this kind of reignites that competitive scene again.
1: I think that the PC VR community should just get used to this because this is going to happen more and more. This is going to be pretty standard stuff soon because Quest is just where, as I said, also where the money is. So there are more priorities there. So if you have to downgrade to make it work on the Quest uh, for PC, then yeah, sure, because you, you have to survive as a dev studio. Yeah, go on, Lucas.
3: Um, so yeah, the the um, I think some so uh, it's really noticeable with Onward because they're going for a photorealistic visual style. Yeah, of course. Um, but I think you know, as developers start designing games to be released on the Quest, they're going to opt for different visual styles that are more you know stylized and less photorealistic. So the the, the, the downgrade is not visible because it's just mm-hmm. part of like the you know the the look. So it's yeah, also true. visible with Onward because they were going for photorealism from the very yeah. beginning. But the games yeah. that don't do that are not going it, to it's. You're gonna see the improvement, but you're not gonna miss anything in the future. Yeah,
0: like Life um, Beneath, like, for example. You know, it's kind of like a more cartoony yeah. style shell, cell uh, shaded effects. Yeah.
1: Plus, like Onward, Onward came out at, at a, a different time where there was no standalone yet. So you can just see that it now needs to, you know, a jump over this fence of like we're getting into a different era with mm. standalone. So soon games were already made for the quest so they jump over to the next low vr headset. so here it's still you feel that gap of like the past and now the future Mm. yeah
0: yeah but but definitely you know with with um the visuals they 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 obviously understand the community backlash and they they are addressing it they are going to work on it so hopefully you know it'll get back like they said in, in the comment if not better in the future but just for now it just needs to be this way um, to streamline the uh, development process. But, you know, I think on a positive note, the Quest community coming out onto this game, which is obviously cross-platform play with PC, is just going to give a significant boost to the player base and ultimately help the game uh, in the future, I think. So I, I yeah. think a lot of negativity has been spoken about this, but I don't think a lot of people are addressing the positive benefits yeah. of this. It's, yeah, it's,
1: a, it's like PC VR community, and now you have the Quest community, and that's a different culture and a different yeah. uh, perspective. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So that is um, onward on the Oculus Quest. If you like kind of like slower, more tactical, team-based communication sort of first-person shooters, it's a little bit different than the, the traditional sort of run and gun that we've sort of seen on quests, like with Pavlov and Dash. Um, so yeah, go check it out. It's available now on the Quest. Um, next bit of news while we're talking about Quest is about Oculus Quest 2 and its IPD adjustment. Um, So last week on the show, we went over the leaked images of the new quest and we kind of speculated over the different parts of the headset. Um, We got very heated at different points. So if you missed it, go back and check it out. It's kind of fun to listen to uh, some of our opinions on those things. Uh, But one of the key points of the discussion was the lack of a physical IPD adjustment slider, which is kind of normally located underneath the headset. Now, um, IPD stands for interpupillary distance and is essentially the distance between the, the pupils of your eyes. And and setting this up correctly in uh, a VR headset is vital for a comfortable uh, experience. And some headsets like the Oculus Go, Rift S, they have a fixed IPD, but this can be problematic for people that who who kind of fall too far outside of the ideal IPD sweet spot of like 64 millimeters, I think it is roughly, uh, Rowdy being one of them. Um, so obviously not seeing a slider on the leaked uh, Quest 2 images caused a lot of concern with us and of course the wider VR community. However, one of the images uh, which gave us a kind of closer look at the lenses, which we did touch on briefly, we could see that there was like a number two uh, where the internal proximity sensor would be. Uh, and it also seemed that there was room for the lenses to move a little bit, which kind of hinted at a new kind of IPD adjustment. So uh, Upload VR this week, they shared uh, some information, which they say is from a reliable source uh, and said in an article that. The upcoming Oculus Quest has a new system for physically adjusting the lenses to your IPD. The new Quest exchanges the slider on the underside of the headset for a new system of directly moving the eye cups to put the lenses into three distinct positions. So it kind of is hinting at that, you know, we're going to get a proper IPD adjustment on the Quest 2, although it's just going to be a different system that we're not familiar with and we haven't seen before on a VR headset. And I guess this new design is all about weight saving, I, I, I'm guessing, because that seems to be like a, a theme running through the new design. Um, so what do you guys think of this? Um, interested to hear your thoughts on this as well, Lucas. Like, what do you think of this new streamlined look of uh, this supposedly Quest
3: 2? I think it's great as far as the IPD goes. Um, it's it's the perfect blend, blend of like, uh, you know, like a hardware solution that takes care of the people who are on the edge cases, Mm -hmm. and also just a software-based solution for everyone in between. But it also, um, I think one of the main reasons is is not just weight, but it's also so they can use LCD screens, um, which if if you look at the Oculus Go, the image is actually super sharp. Um, Even though it looks good on the Quest, the Oculus Go, the image is a little bit smoother, and that's because they use LCD um, displays. But I think that new approach will let them use those kinds of displays on the Oculus Quest, so you're going to see a visual improvement and you're going to still be able to like, you know, have people from all those sides of the IPD spectrum to use it. So I think it's great.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because we, we spoke to uh, Guy Godin on the show uh, a few weeks back from uh, the creator of Virtual Desktop. And we were talking about um, refresh rates because refresh rates was one of the rumors that came out of this. And maybe we can get your opinion on this as well. But some people were, were hinting that the, the refresh rate will be boosted up from 72 hertz to like potentially 90 hertz. But he was saying that that would again be problematic because you would have two versions of the game potentially, one running at different speeds. Is that is that right in, in your mind as well?
3: Um, yeah, and it, it's it would be a nightmare for developers. Yeah. It'd be a nightmare for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I don't think they're gonna do that. Um, I think they 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 found the re- the refresh rate that the average person um is okay with. You know, the yeah. quest in seventy two. I'd be surprised if they move it to ninety because then um. The whole thing with the refresh rate right now is that, you know, de- Quest developers have to make their game run at 72 frames a second, 72 hertz. And if they update to 90, I don't know what it would happen. If they would yeah. compensate or if I would have to put in work to make my game Quest 2 compatible. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's a lot of frames. That's not trivial. It's really hard yeah. to get that.
0: Interestingly, it, that, that is interesting. And I think the, there's a speculation that we kind of settled on in the end was that the 90 hertz boost might come from when you connect it to a PC using Link. Um, because obviously like 90 Hertz is supported on the Rift platform, um, and with Steam VR. Yeah.
3: If the hardware, if the new hardware is so good that it's able to basically run everything that runs at 72 frames into 90 frames without developers being able to, you know, having to do anything, then yeah. this probably would work. But otherwise yeah. I wouldn't see that happening.
0: Yeah. But Link, yeah, not even maybe. Not even if you say like you connected the Quest to a PC that it could boost. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, okay. that could work.
3: That could work. Okay. Yeah, That's that a nice work. middle ground.
0: Okay, okay cool. Um, so yeah, what about you, uh, you other guys? What do you think about this IPD adjustment? Are you happier now that you've we've kind of got these like r- I, I, rumors? I, I
2: still don't know what it means. Like for me, yeah. like if they if they say like first of, all, I want to know what the range is. Like if they say like the outer edges of the range, like w- w- what kind of range do they use? Because like I said before, like they, they're still under the one standard deviation of the average mean of it, which I think is still quite quite low because you only have like about sixty to seventy percent of the people that are actually optimally using this headset um that being said it's good that they use some kind of uh, ipd adjustment uh, it does make me wonder if they only have three settings like what range does each setting kind of support yeah because we both know with those Fresnel lenses the focal point is, is not that big uh in order that it can support like a, a very wide range in, in, in that
0: sense so i'm actually kind of curious about that Hmm. Yeah. okay um, but yeah this you know this new information from from upload VR w- along with the images definitely looks promising yeah. uh, I I would say um but yeah like the the um I guess I guess we'll find out for sure when it comes to like the 15th <laughs> of September um you know that was the the kind of rumored date around the leak of these images that the announcement is going to be made which would coincide previously with Oculus Connect oh, uh, over the last what couple a of years funny
1: coincidence don't you think
0: <laughs> right well 15th you know september yeah you know it, it would be uh you know it's not that far away now you know no. we're only like uh just over a month away so i think finally we, you, we'll know, be you know power of our
1: misery you know what they should do with the ipd they should go back to what the dk1 had where you just had swappable lenses and they just give oh you like 20, oh 20 20
0: 30 uh, oh versions so that you could
1: just uh you know i remember
0: that i remember now yeah they had that with the cv1 as well uh the, D, the dk1 as well right the DK uh, one, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. 2 right, yeah, uh,
1: I think the DK2 was like set, was it? Or is it also swappable? I can't I remember now. I've got one here, I don't, but it's been so no, no, long i think. I, it. Yeah, it's been a while. But uh, that, would be, <laughs> that would be funny, right? Where you just send people different ones. You're like, oh, so let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But,
0: you know, it's promising. And I think, you know, hopefully this information will put a lot of people out there, you know, in the VR community that are concerned about not having IPG adjustment on the new Quest at ease. And it's definitely welcome. Uh, because I think that that was problematic for for both the Go and the Rift S. Um, yeah. You know, even Palmer Luckey himself couldn't use the device, according yeah, to him, well, anyway.
1: Let's yeah. just hope uh, Facebook knows what they're doing.
0: I'm sure that, I'm sure they've got it in the bag. But again, okay. 15th of September your, that's your prediction. Okay, let's. I, find I, I out. think you know. I think you know. <laughs> it's easy to be dismissive without knowing what's under the hood. You know, and I think that that always happens just, when just, you see leaked images. Just,
1: just don't get too excited, but also don't get too uh, you know. Stay yeah. in the middle. Stay, stay normal. Yeah. Down to. They know what average. they're doing. Boots they actually
3: down. do. Yeah, they know the concerns, and they are always planning to fix it. If not on this one, in the next generation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, they have a plan. They have a roadmap. They know what they're doing. Six
0: more weeks to wait. So we'll find out for sure then. But um, that is a IPD Facebook's adjustment.
3: Great
2: master plan. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> IPD adjustment is going to be likely on the next Oculus Quest. Um, next up, some information about the new upcoming VR Star Wars game called Tales from Galaxy's Edge. You excited for this one? Ooh, Any me? of you? <laughs> it doesn't matter.
3: <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Dude, I'm
0: so excited, man. No,
3: yeah.
2: I'm, I'm
1: crazy excited.
2: I've actually I'm, been... I'm kind of excited for where, they go, where, where they're going to take this now. Mm. That's yeah. what I'm excited about. Like,
1: I've actually been to Galaxy's Edge. I've actually been there already. So I'm going to re- Relive it. In it. VR. Yeah. Yeah, well, we got a snippet of
0: information. We didn't get too much. Uh, we didn't get a game trailer, unfortunately, but we've got a, can, a kind of like behind the scenes look at the development. Um, obviously, the new game is developed by ILM X Lab in collaboration with Oculus Studios, just like the previous Vader Immortal series. Um, you guys were we, we were all pretty much a fan of the Vader Immortal series, although the series kind of like yeah. we I think we all agreed that it safe, felt like it kind of safe. went a bit downhill as the episodes yeah. progressed. we
2: we, we basically yes. said it would have been better if all the episodes would have been like. In one, Together, like molded in into one. one. Yeah, yeah. I think that. Yeah, a it lot felt value. a
3: lot like filmmakers making a game, right? Um, and it, yeah, and the first one that was the most interactive of them all. But then it started to feel like those old games from the '90s that are like rail shooters, and it was like, it just, yeah, yeah. Weird.
0: I I, I totally feel you that with it, with that because like you know the whole um section at the beginning where you get captured and then you know you meet Vader for the first time. It's it's just so amazing. Um, but it then, was also
2: because it was new, you know. You yeah. hadn't experienced something like that before. But then in the second game, you look for something, you know, new again. But it's like kind of like a reiteration of what was the first one was, and the same with the third one. Uh, then again, it, yeah, it so That's why I said maybe if they put everything together, the overall impression would have been better of the, well, of, the of the series in total.
1: no not only that, it also felt very safe. I, I feel like every time. A new Star Wars VR game comes out. It's made for the new people who just buy into a headset and not mm-hmm. for the uh, for the users that are already on the platform. So I feel like this one is gonna be also kind of targeted towards that audience. Makes sense because Star Wars is how you sell headsets. So, uh, but yeah. I, I wish they they're gonna explore some new things that are a bit more on the edge of what VR is, you know, uh, what VR can do. Because yes, it was a fun experience, but. It didn't blew me uh, away in terms of mechanics and I would love to see some more in that that, that sense
3: I got addicted to the dojo though completely. <laughs> I was just like <laughs> that, that's a good invention it, like sure. as a kid, being able to train as a, to be a Jedi every day that's like fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got addicted to the dojo, but the story, I just want to talk about one thing in the story, because sure. <laughs> when episode two, when you saw that Vader was doing those things because of, because of Padme, I was like, holy shit, this is like, they're introducing a, a very vulnerable side of Vader that you don't see anywhere else, really. Right. Um, yeah. And I'm so upset that you didn't play as Vader, because I think it would have been amazing if in episode two, you just play as uh, like Vader from yeah. his perspective, yeah, yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, get some yeah. of those um, you know, of, yeah. the emotional perspective, they, they kind of abandoned the Padme thing. And I was like, oh, I, I was going to see that side of Vader, the more vulnerable. It's um, like
1: huge a huge thing, like revealing that and then just leaving it there. It's like, it's. Yeah. 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 yeah
3: it, the
0: ending was very anticlimactic. Like you said, it felt like it was building up to something bigger <laughs> than actually uh, the payoff was in the end. Um, but certainly with this new game, I know you touched on it, Nathan. You think it might be leading in the same similar direction. But what they have hinted at is. Uh, multiple difficulty levels and also the fact that you can die in this one because that was, you know, you couldn't necessarily die uh, mm-hmm. apparently during Evader so Immortal it was more, that kind of like More,
1: more game than, than I- movie
0: I- Exactly, exactly, yeah Okay um, and in terms of, like, character, you actually play the role of a droid repair technician, uh, and you've been attacked by uh, the Guavian Death Gang. <laughs> Check that. <laughs> Pretty epic. Guavians? Uh, yeah, the Guavian Death Gang, and you've crash-landed on... That sounds on like, a,
2: like some kind of drink that you get on, like, Gu- Guava uh, Juice. Guavian?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you've you've been attacked by them. They're kind of like space pirates, and you've crash-landed on the planet of Batu near to the Black Spire outpost. Now, mm. the, the Guavian Death Gang, they've actually featured in the movie. They featured in... Um, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, they're they're actually the group that confronted Han Solo and Chewbacca uh, aboard mm. the Millennium Falcon. Oh. If you remember that scene from oh. the movie when they were had that kind of like uh, dangerous cargo. Um, if you remember oh, that yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But what's interesting, like uh, Nathie touched on earlier with this project, is that it revolves around this like Black Post Outpost, uh, Black Spire Outpost. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, Death, which, yes. Which directly links to the real world Galaxy's Edge um, theme park experience at Disney World, right? Yeah. Uh and you've been there and you've been on the the Millennium Batu. Falcon ride?
1: Yes. It's is called it called, the planet Ma- it's called
0: I think it's called Batuu. Batuu, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, the Black Spy Outpost is like the location on the planet. True.
1: Yeah, and and um yeah, you can you can ride the Millennium Falcon. Uh it's it's in Disneyland and it's also in uh I think it's in Disney World as well. That's right. Yeah. Um and Is it yes, called smugglers like run? Smugglers, smugglers Yeah, smugglers run. Yeah. Exactly. But there is a storyline to Batu and what's going on there. You know, you have rebels running around over there. The Empire seems to also be in control there. So I think we're going to see some of that lore from Disneyland uh, connected to. Um, and, and what I thought was maybe interesting is if they would use like maybe uh, some 3D scans from the actual place and then implement that. That could make it look really, you know, uh, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's the
0: whole concept of the idea, is that they've taken a lot of the the layout and the items that are in the real world, um, you know, theme park attractions, and taken them into the game and then just added story around everything. So, basically, you're, you're obviously being hunted by this Guavian Death Gang. You know, you're a droid repair technician, so the You've obviously done something to upset them, and you've you've crash landed on this uh, planet. You know you've got this cantina there, which I guess you can visit in in the real world uh, location, which is um, Cecil Slacks Cantina. And in mm. there, in the game, you can like just hang out, listen to his stories. He talks about the Millennium Falcon because that's obviously still there as well, which is at the Black Post, um, Black Spire Outpost, and why it's there because this story is set between um, the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. So there's obviously a story as to why the Millennium Falcons there and you know you obviously play a role in the in the the greater story. Mm. Um if you want you can just hang out in there as well. You can play some music on the jukebox, some like alien tunes. Uh and you can even play some space darts in there as well if you want to. Um but yeah, it seems like we're going to be uh, wielding blasters and uh being chased by this this gang. Uh but it doesn't mention anything about lightsabers this time around, so maybe you're not sort of like a, you know, one with the force or have any sort of Jedi powers. So
1: this this like right now as we know is like an oculus uh, thing again but mm-hmm. it, it might be a timed exclusive because usually uh these kind of like titles but pop- because playstation vr now has vader immortal too, right? yeah that's so, right so uh i i i think this is also gonna come to you know other platforms uh, of course yeah. it's nice to have a timed exclusive for like maybe a year to but sell touching this. on that it's kind of
0: interesting because in the blog post uh, all it says is that the game is coming to Quest. Doesn't even mention uh, Rift okay. at
1: all. Okay, so um, they might have a timed exclusive on just saying that for now. That could be. But uh, didn't they
2: do the same thing with? Uh, they with did. Uh, Vader Immortal. They did. Yeah, it came it out on well. Quest
1: first,
0: and then it came out on Rift later. Oh, yeah, um, so we, we might see the same thing again. And obviously, you know, if you're going to launch a new headset, you know, this game is rumored to come out later this year. You know, it's great. Like I said on last week's episode, to release a, an, an epic game like Star Wars with a brand new headset you
3: know this is this is
0: the way to sell devices
1: throw some lone echo in and some medal of honor and you got a nice little bundle
3: yeah and 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 in a way in their marketing they don't want you to even think about other headsets that are the quest because you know they're like star wars they want the average like you know mainstream consumer so they want to pretend that the quest is the only one that exists and they don't want you to even think about you know other headsets so makes sense
1: yeah yeah Yeah. it does make sense so so far like this video that they launched was interesting but it wasn't much gameplay. It was nice to get a behind-the-scenes look. Yeah, no gameplay. Uh, there were some like you—you you can see in the trail, like you apparently get chased by this this alien because you can see it in the video that something is chasing you. You have to escape. Yeah, um, so She's, it seems um... like it's kind of like um, like scripted events that are going to happen, and maybe point to point where you're gonna bump into something. So. I think it's sp- more
0: open. Like, you can take your time and do what you want to do, I think. Um, and, and that lady is, uh, her name's Tara Rasheen, apparently, and she's like mm. the head of the Guavian Death Gang. She's like an alien I badass. I know, like, if you,
1: if you look at the concept stuff that they show, it shows more of like a point to point adventure title. But mm. I don't know. Maybe like Open World. Yeah, uh, who knows? If it's too open world, we're going to see like uh, porks popping up in the distance because the rendering is going <laughs> crazy. So I don't know. Yeah, but that's going to
3: be I ILML like, would never do open world. I seriously doubt. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they want to. It's a hallway. It's a really good looking hallway. That's what the <laughs> game is going to be probably. Full of <laughs> porks. Full of porks. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Like,
0: it's
1: it's. Don't you think it's kind of like interesting that yeah they launches, but then it doesn't really necessarily have to do anything with Disneyland. Although of course Disney owns it, owns the whole franchise nowadays. I'm like, hmm. bring this, bring this to Disneyland. You know, take a little bit of that experience from the quest and polish it, and it's like uh, maybe a ten minute void kind of like thing. And right. just drop it there and let people play it. I'm like, include it because it's awesome.
0: Because right at the moment, it seems like it's the other way around, right? It's like the real world going into VR. Like they've just yeah, taken nothing. the concept and put it into VR. You want it yeah. the other way around. You want like a Void experience there? Yeah. Using this concept. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah,
3: okay. like the CEO of Disney a couple of years ago said he hates VR. He would never do VR in the theme parks. But now it seems they've done the 180 recently. <laughs> yeah. So they're like actually considering yeah. it now, um, Although I think, funny.
0: You know, like location-based VR, like right now, is probably not on anyone's priority list because it's probably incredibly difficult (laughs) and and troublesome and everyone's concerned about like, you know, getting ill from having someone else's face juice on their head, you know, from a headset or whatever. (laughs) You just don't want that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's probably unlikely at this point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, The Void is closing um, most of their spaces as well, so...
0: Yeah, it's a shame because that 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 um, secrets of the empire. I don't know if you ever tried it, Lucas. Did you try it? Um, I did, I did actually. Like, I think it's the best VR uh, Star Wars experience I've ever tried so far. You know, yeah, really,
1: because uh, talking about like uh, multiplayer, this is going to be a single player one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 again, I'm like, I'm so preaching for multiplayer. I feel like even if I look at this year, what came out is almost nothing multiplayer. I really need to scrape yeah. for the bottom end Star Wars like you know trying that at the void with your friends my god that's still like my like highest rated star wars vr game
3: Going yeah like my experience. best vr experiences by far are always like immersive theater experiences that makes physical actors and things with vr those are the ones that really stick with you forever um yeah they're really I take fucking, you were, like sure. i take it you as a fan of the tempest then um, I was, uh, yeah, Tempest was cool, but I, I think my, my f- most impactful VR experience was one called Unchained, which was a very short run, December, um, Christmas VR experience with live actors. And there's oh. something about a character walking towards you and you're feeling their breath on your face. That's like, wow. whoa, okay. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's, it's really impactful. Um, immersive theater is really cool. And
0: that was, so, so that was real life immersive theater. In, but you're all wearing VR headsets, so you're all in the same physical space, but wearing one, VR headsets. It was
3: me, it was just me. I was the player, and there was one actor that played multiple characters, and it was its so megalomaniac and so financially unsustainable. It's just, imp- <laughs> But it was <laughs> so special um, to have wow. that kind of attention for one person. Yeah, um, that
0: sounds incredible. Yeah. I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, it's so it was really limited run.
1: Interesting. We, what was it called again?
3: Enough, um, Unchained. It was, uh, yeah A Christmas Tale Something like we that We
1: should recreate this For your series <laughs> Yeah There
0: you go Future Future video for it <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah but But you're seeing that With experiences like The under um, On the quest yes. now Of like people trying to Bring live actors And that component to yeah. VR as a whole Yeah but, yeah, but we it's... want it From you because Right. Yes. Yeah. But what what are you a,
2: doing on this podcast? Get to work. <laughs> like,
3: but just to touch on that, I think like this this, this genre of like um, VR experiences with live actors is really one of the first genres of VR content that really only exists in virtual reality. Um, mm. And I think that's what's going to make VR really like last in the long run is these genres of things that only exist in VR. And The Under is a really good example.
0: It is great. Yeah, it is great. It's not for everyone, but you know, if you like immersive theater. Go check it out for sure. It's the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I I welcome it with open arms. Absolutely. Um, The final bit of news this week is about Microsoft's Flight Simulator, as there was a lot of um, confusion this week, I would say, about the the VR support coming. Um, So this is the official word from uh, Microsoft, who posted an update blog uh, on the game uh, on Thursday. Uh, And they stated, "Uh, we are excited about the reception that Microsoft Flight Simulator has received from the community and look forward to its launch on August 18th. Today, we announced that Microsoft Flight Simulator will support VR platforms beginning fall 2020 as a free update. VR support for Microsoft Flight Simulator will coincide with the release of the HP Reverb G2 this fall. VR support will be available on all Windows Mixed Reality headsets upon VR launch. Support for additional platforms and headsets will follow. So I think the confusion came because Upload uh, did an article saying that the game was going to launch and only support the HP Reverb G2. I think they just misinterpreted the message. You know, instead of coinciding with the release, they thought, oh, it's only going to support that headset. Um, but it is going to support all Windows ML headsets in the initial update in the fall. And then obviously, like, Index and Rift support will come later mm. on down the line after that. So, so you, good news around. How would that, that
2: work then? How would will, how will that work with, like, um, um, that? are they going to bring the game then also to
0: Steam is it on Steam or well I'm we... glad you asked Rowdy I'm glad you asked you read my mind because the game is now available on Steam yeah you're absolutely right ah, there um, we go so obviously on the Microsoft platform it can su- support Windows MR it's also going to be on Steam now so it's going to support Windows MR and all the other headsets well, on the Steam the version
1: on the Windows Store, it apparently also supported more headsets. One of our, okay. you know, yeah. uh, our viewers actually told us that yeah. last week. Um, so with games such talk- as
0: like um, a No Man's Sky, they were able to pull yeah. off uh, VR headset support uh, that mm-hmm. weren't Windows MR using Steam yeah, VR. That, which is kind of strange. yeah,
2: but that, that's not, that's not official, right? It just works like that. or is that officially supported? What do you mean? That, does Microsoft officially support you know you using Steam VR through their store?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's officially supported. Yeah, 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 it's officially supported. Although there, there will be a SteamVR version of the game, so you know it should it should mitigate a lot of that issue. Um, But you know, you know, coincide with the HP Reverb G two release, I think it's great marketing for them uh, because you know this is this is a headset that's very interesting, particularly for simmers because it's got one of the most pixel dense displays on the market um, with a twenty one sixty by twenty one sixty per eye resolution, which is going to be pretty intense. Yeah, I
2: think I think that's smart, and I I, and I kind of applaud them for doing that because um you know we all said you know if there's one virtual reality game that you want to play in a in a high resolution headset it's probably that kind of game yeah. and then uh, them bring it out
1: on there it's it's, it's just a smart yeah. choice and and it's and, and it's good marketing that upload made a mistake because now half of the community thinks that it's only coming out on the G2 so uh <laughs> that's also great um but uh, hey I always uh, you know check another website see if it's true you know Road to vr is usually pretty solid um so just saying because i think like we are now talking about it i'm sure some people in chat are like oh i didn't know that also yeah. i made the mistake by just instantly sharing it and be like yeah g2 here we go sound pretty oh, legit so, to me i part mean of the they're problem, like, i'm part of the problem too no but that that's why i'm saying it now and i'm repeating yeah. myself like yeah, of course. you know it's worked on everything so that's why they're like hp was like having the best times of their lives because they're like oh we just pretend that we have an exclusive now right so, uh, <laughs> yeah that's are you hyped oh, for this um, one
3: lucas Uh, Yes, and it's a free update uh, for Mm. us. But really, this is what 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 this is. It's a huge uh, move by Microsoft to really get the enterprise simulation market, which is like tens of millions of dollars um, at the very least, probably more. Um, Like actual flight simulator, physical ones can cost anywhere from like fifty thousand dollars to like millions of dollars. So the fact that they can offer an experience that's like really immersive. Um, and you know, the Microsoft can sell because Microsoft has all of the enterprise partners in the world. Um, it means that we get a really cool flight simulator, but they also get to make tons of money um, disrupting the simulation, uh, you know, the air.
2: You know how they could have made even more money if they actually spent some of their money on making a virtual reality headset for the Xbox? That would, have been, that would have been smart, you know? I don't know <laughs> what they're
3: doing at the Xbox, man. They've got, no they, they got the strategies. Windows ML
0: platform. So, you know, if, if, yeah. if it's going to support a headset, it's likely going to support that, I would guess. Um, but the rumors suggest, obviously, you know, the HP Reverb G2 is going to release mid-September. We'll start shipping to people that pre-ordered it. Um, obviously, that will coincide with the Quest 2 as well, if that's going to be mid-September. So, everyone, you just clear your diaries for mid-September because it's going to be Wallace. a busy time for everyone. Um, but it's great for, obviously, us, you know. Yeah, um, but well. it's worth mentioning there are going to be uh, th- there, well there are three different versions of Microsoft Flight Simulator on yes. Steam now to pre-order. We don't recommend you pre-order, but
1: prepare prepare your wallets. Prepare yeah, your absolutely.
0: Because <laughs> get ready for this. Um, the standard edition of the game is fifty nine ninety nine in US dollars, fifty nine ninety nine in British pounds, and that includes uh, obviously the game, uh, twenty highly detailed planes and thirty handcrafted airports. Now, Ooh,
1: handcrafted. there are.
0: There are other. There are thousands of other airports in the game that all come from satellite imagery um, that you can also land at. So you know, it's just that these. There's going to be thirty of them that are going to be super, super detailed. Oh. Then you how have. How much is it? Is, is it in the Canadian dollars, Mike? Uh-oh. Who cares about Canada? <laughs> um, uh, the next. The next one is the deluxe edition, which is uh, eighty nine ninety nine in U S dollars, seventy nine ninety nine in British pounds. This includes everything from the standard game, plus five additional planes, including the Cessna Aerobat and the Cessna Ah. Skyhawk. You know, if they're some of your favorites, you're going to be over the moon.
1: Yeah, that's the one I wanted. So I think (laughs) I'm going to go for this. uh,
0: Although you're going to be happy with this, Nathie, because the five additional airports that you also get with the the deluxe edition include Amsterdam, Amsterdam. Schiphol, 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 how how do you you pronounce it right? Schiphol. 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 (laughs) 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 How, how how, How do you spell it? Oh, how do you pronounce it? Go, go, go ahead, Nathan. You, 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 <laughs> you <did> your Schiphol. <laughs>
1: Schiphol. Okay. Just
0: say <laughs> schip, <laughs> schip, schip. <laughs> so, uh, Dave says sheep pole. <laughs> Sheep-pole. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, it includes Amsterdam, nice sheephole Airport and Cairo International. And okay. then you have, like, the super premium deluxe edition, <laughs> which is a whopping 119 hundred and nineteen ninety nine in US okay. dollars, £109.99 in British pounds. This includes everything from the standard game, deluxe game, and the premium version includes five more planes. Oh. So you gain ten additional planes in total and five more airports, which, again, ten, air- airport. 10 airports in total, airport? uh, including the Brussels Boeing 787 Dreamliner which is, Ooh, you know, an amazing fancy. passenger plane. And you also get airports such as Heathrow International and San Francisco International. Oh, that, that oh, means that you...
3: bastards. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Heathrow is the one that everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. wants, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Damn it. So I'm, I'm going to have to spend like 120 quid just to so fly a plane out of bloody Heathrow Airport.
1: <laughs> do, do, don't you think that this game is in the end going to be like... Uh, is it VTOL that is like selling so many DLC? like in the end where in a few years we have like uh, like ten thousands of airports like oh I want to buy the airport in Madagascar so let's uh, let's also buy this DLC you know
0: well they're going to enable a workshop uh, so uh, companies will be able to add uh, content to the game that you can buy independently which is (laughs) awesome yeah let's
1: let's make it ourselves Mike there you go we could, do, we
0: could do that. Yeah, we could make it. Um, make sure someone it in the too. chat also mentioned, uh, which is an interesting point, it is going to be available on Game Pass, but it's worth noting that it's only going to be the standard version of the game on Game Pass. But, you know, Game Pass offers great value. You know, what is it? four ninety nine in US dollars a month. Um, and you're getting an access to this amazing game that's super expensive. So pretty sick deal. Um, but yeah, um, Microsoft Flight Simulator launching on the 18th of August, we'll be getting VR support first on Windows MR in the fall, and then other headsets will follow shortly after. So pretty good news
2: all around, I think. I I hate it though, when they say something like the fall, like just like (laughs) three three months time. Like, whoa, can't you be a little bit more? like like spring with the quest or something.
0: Oh my God. Like and lucas are you
1: are you guilty to uh, saying telling your your consumer people the ones that are going to buy your stuff like yeah it's going to come out in the fall what do you think about developers using that term of like a season instead of it's going to be july or it's going to be you know it probably
3: reduces frustration on the part of the consumers yeah yeah because it's things always go wrong you are, I I delay my things all the fucking time um my my time machine video which we're going to talk about later I I was in like in April like it's going to be out in April guys okay, and yeah, then yeah, it yes. went out in July <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it's to keep
0: keep customers happy because otherwise we, if you promise them something have... and you don't deliver they get I still have,
1: I still have flashbacks was it was it a quest what what was it there was something where we also kept hearing the same it was Same. spring
0: yeah with the quest spring
1: yeah spring yeah. is like and it spring. was like one of the last the, the days of spring is, that it came spring. out in yeah the, the, yeah, the, yeah the thing is, is right. yeah well, why don't you just do that then just put the
2: last day of, of spring right. there like for example lone echo is coming out in 2020
3: i, I think echo it generates two. more hype like... i think people yeah. are just you know hoping and talking about it more even if they're going to release it only at the end maybe mm. that's it Conspiracy. It's
2: probably. This Maybe. is a conspiracy. This is Consumer a good conspiracy.
3: <laughs> I'm super
0: excited about Microsoft Flight Simulator, though. I don't. Yeah. I don't even know why. I'm not even into flight simulators, but I just love the look of this game. I think it looks absolutely incredible.
1: It is single player, right? It's not uh, that I can sit uh, no. as a passenger in your plane and you can just uh, fly me around. <laughs> mm, it is multiplayer, but I don't think you can sit in my plane. You can <laughs> imagine, sit in our own imagine planes. Imagine Mike having like the autopilot, and then because it's VR, he can just bring me some champagne. To it. it's like, hey, Mike, Mike, uh, can you bring me a sandwich, please? I'm uh, hungry, and then he. Yeah. To me
2: we, we actually, have a, great, Go we actually have a great comment in the chat regarding that discussion as well like we had the ray pope saying that uh, do they not know that fall is a different time on the other side of the world
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's already out there like, you know, that that is that is, that, that is true that is true i'm brazilian i understand
0: yeah <laughs> But yeah, look, if you want to fly your own plane, you know, Nathie, we could fly together, you know, do the flying
3: V-sense. I would grief the hell out of you. I would just be touching all the buttons while you're flying and
2: just like... <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do that with Viper as well then. And so you can do like... A,
1: oh Goddamn, yeah. it's Viper. Oh, like Mike, Mike is going to fly and then you do karaoke and we were like, oh, we're going wow. to Ibiza." pizza and I'm going to sing yeah. and you're going to fly.
0: But then I say, it's you know, from it's going to take three real-life hours to get there, you know, and you have to <laughs> oh. just sit there. (laughs) be happy and jolly the whole time
1: that's
0: true yeah well okay <laughs> everything's in real time you can skip of course but you know ogs don't do that you know they, they oh OGs. oh, they, 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 oh they you're the og fly. now i'm not an og but the ogs do oh yeah for
1: for one moment you had to, like this og face of like oh yeah, yeah. yeah i'm gonna yeah, buy this, like this, this. The, the, i'm this buying the most he, expensive version guys and i'm an gonna this is how the so. uh, uh,
0: you know the flight simmers roll. you know He's sp- he was
1: he was did you see him flex did you see him flex with his like most expensive edition he hasn't played it yet I am going to pre-order it, though.
3: Yeah. Didn't you say you were afraid of airplanes, Mike?
0: I am, actually, yeah. And that's that's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I hate flying in real life. And I'm hoping that playing this game will kind of, you know, um, change my mind, you know, get me more accustomed to being in the air. So then when I get on a plane, I'll be super excited rather than scared. That's the plan anyway.
1: We should go to to Oculus Connect. Someone just mentioned it. So we're going to all be sitting in the plane and we're just going to do a live stream where we're going to fly to OC. (laughs) yeah we'll do like an eight hour live stream i'm down dude i'm down
0: although i've been on a plane with rowdy for eight hours and yeah it's not as fun as you'd imagine uh, no no. (laughs) that was more (laughs) no you
2: said in front of me right i was the guy was constantly doing this for eight hours exactly what the kids usually usually do that's what you were doing
1: yeah
0: Uh, yeah. so that is a microsoft flight simulator coming out on the 18th of august Mm. uh now let's talk to lucas our special guest this week about uh what he's been up to uh if you're not familiar with lucas he is the developer behind the vr social experience which is super unique called where the thoughts go and now working on a youtube channel called lucas builds the future <laughs> which is super super exciting and it's in an interesting transition as well um yeah. but before we get into that maybe we should talk about like how you first even got into vr and what led to where you are today
3: Okay, so I actually don't uh, I didn't have a technical background at all and I've always like, you know when, when the when the Rift was announced with the Kickstarter, like way back in 2012 I looked at it and was like, oh that's pretty cool but I could never do that because, you know, I'm not I'm not technical and I thought that people who coded and made these things were like teenage geniuses who write code in their sleep. So <laughs> for many years I, I, I was looking at it at a distance but I was like, you know, I could, I could never do any of that um, and it's but as the years came by, I started to think about it, and I started to think of all the things that I wanted someone to make, but that no one seemed to make. Um, and as I, you know, got to meet some friends in the, you know, the tech community, I started to see of how much of technology and coding and all of that it looks harder than it is because they have all those words and the vocabulary, and it just, you know, it just seems like the different language. But when you break it down, it's like it's not as difficult as it seems. So. In 2016, I had a big breakup and I needed to get my mind off of things. So I just started going to hackathons and doing VR um, and, you know, getting more and more excited about it and building things that were weird and that I liked. And turns out that that's really valuable, just doing things um, that you personally really care about, but have a unique perspective you know, things that embody you as a person. And even if you don't have technical mastery, if you're not like a super technical person, if your work is your perspective, it usually stands out and that's enough. And that's what Go was, I think, in the end. It was just, um, it's not that I'm like a crazy good coder or anything, but because I, had, I knew enough to build something that was unique, it ended up doing well. So it was really just a crazy, messy process. I tried yeah. to get into VR for like four times and I failed four times. And it got in on the fifth. The breakup helped a lot. And yeah, it's, you know, lots of year f- years of fighting imposter syndrome of like, oh, people are going to find out that I'm not <laughs> really, that I don't know anything. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah. you start to see that no one knows anything and everyone's winging it. And that's yeah. when I really started to get comfortable. It's uh,
2: actually a really nice uh, suggestion as well to people who are interested, you know, like don't don't wait for that miracle to appear, but kind of like, you know, just just go head on in and uh, see what you can learn and, yeah. and take on good advice. And just try and improve every day. Yeah. So,
1: so where thoughts go, can you, like, I'm sure some folks have not tried it. Uh, what is it all about? What can you do in this experience?
3: So where, where thoughts go is a social VR experience where um, set in set in a universe where human thoughts are sleeping creatures. So you enter these worlds populated by these little orbs, and each one of them is a voice message left by another user who was there before you were. You can wake up these little creatures by touching them to listen to the voice messages that other people left behind. And to progress in the experience, you need to create your own creatures and answer increasingly more intimate questions and leave your voice messages behind for others to find. So it's very intimate. You get to explore these parts of people that um, you know usually don't get to explore. And VR adds a layer of intimacy and immersion that it's completely, completely counterintuitive because I never thought that it would... Um, it would work as well as it does, but it's, um, yeah, it's 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 very emotional, and there's lots of interesting things that happen, you know, um, at a philosophical level that that I think are cool. Mm-hmm. But that's the general gist. It's a social experience okay. where you just oh. share intimate shit anonymously.
1: How did you, how you did listen. how did you come up with that?
3: Uh, I I I go out to I I I go out to bars a lot. On my own, not anymore, of course, um, but it's, I've always did this thing in which I just started having conversations with strangers, and I just love to listen to their stories and get really intimate really fast with people, and I guess that translated into VR, like where I created this VR outlet where I could have infinite amount of intimate interactions with strangers, um, and you learn a lot from those, um, those things because uh, you know, there's, there's just so much human wisdom that you only obtain once you have like a deeper relationship with someone mm. but if you can make that accessible so you can just you know skip all the small talk and go into like the thick stuff um, it's yeah there's a lot you can get out of that but originally it wasn't a VR experience I was trying to do a phone app interesting but I made it in VR because I didn't know how to make a phone app and I knew Unity and it was a, like a happy surprise it just worked That's out way better phone app? what
1: What kind of phone app?
3: Um, it was it was like you would like travel little like constellations of messages. You could listen to people and um, leave your own, but it's it doesn't work nearly as 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 much because like VR is a really good medium for focus, and um, there's something really important about not you know not having external noise and just being like deep into a VR world that um, helps a lot with intimacy and you taking other people's intimacy seriously. Um, when you're on a phone, it's like everything's competing for you. Notifications <clears> are competing for you. It's really hard to get people into a certain mental state so yeah my life is just a series of happy accidents you know but Bob Ross was not wrong um and
0: it's yeah um with with where the thoughts go was that your first released app like game experience on any platform or had you released stuff before
3: okay so I actually started with the hololens that was the first thing that yeah I made I released two apps and made like three projects with this um before I could do, and you know, before I got into VR, because actually, virtual reality is way harder to make than augmented reality. Uh, and don't tell anybody. I told you this, but it's so much harder, and people don't know. Um, it's really hard to impress people with AR, and really less so with VR. Um, but yeah, I made a couple of apps for this, and the cool thing was is that at the time, only boring enterprise people had these, which means that anyone who's just just having fun with it just like stands out. Like a sore thumb because everything that was being done with the hololens was just so boring. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did a couple of these to learn, and then I moved into VR because I started to see that VR could do some things that AR couldn't. But yeah. I started in AR first, VR second.
0: And what were the AR projects like? What were the the, the basis of them roughly?
3: So I like I, like, I made a um, AR chemistry app, which is like a periodic table you can load up anywhere. You can look at atoms, combine them, make molecules. It was like an education thing. That That's I did specifically because I hated, um, chemistry and I was like, can I make this fun with AR? Um, <laughs> okay. and it was a simple project and it did well. Um, then I started to get a little weird. I made, um, an augmented reality version of snake. So, <laughs> but the twist is, is that, you know, um, you play as a snake in first person. So you walk around, like you put this on, you walk around your environment, you collect these little <laughs> burgers and the tail starts going out the back of your skull. So you start to create your own obstacles as you move through (laughs) space, Um, which is really fun. And it gets you to engage with your environment and climb on furniture and do all sorts of crazy shit um, that you wouldn't games usually don't make you do. Um, And then some other audio visualization stuff, like some audio reactive holograms that react to real world audio. So you can just place a bunch of stuff around you and start playing an instrument and it all Mm -hmm. moves and breathes with you, or you turn on a stereo and it all comes to life. Lots of little things like that.
0: yeah. And what, so, so your education um, up to that point, like, did you did you like study like computer science or anything like that, or any sort of like anything that would help you with this kind of like endeavor that you ended up going into?
3: So I I, I do have a computer science degree that I got in okay. two years because I like I, I was I was from Brazil and I was trying to find a way to get into the United States to do cooler stuff because it's a little bit hard um, in Brazil. And the only way I could get a visa is by being a student. So I did enroll in uh, college, and I did technically have a computer science education, um, but I never went to class, really. <laughs> I picked, like, a mediocre college that would let me do a four-year degree in two years, and every you know I would just ask the teachers, of like, can I just learn this on YouTube? And I would come in for the tests, and most of them, with the exception of one, which was, like, my arch nemesis, um, would, would let me do that. Wow. And, so technically, yes, but really in practice, I learned it all on YouTube. And I yeah. think it's important to make that distinction. <laughs> and because, I, think, I yeah. think
0: this is something that, that is reoccurring and something we've seen a lot on the show when we've had developers on the show, like Guy, for example. Um, you know, he, he's pretty much self-taught. And I think, you know, it sounds from from your perspective that you learned, you know, a lot of the, the, the most important stuff uh, outside of like college or university.
3: Yeah, I mean, who's going to teach you VR? How to make VR? Right. No <laughs> one's going to.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right, it's kind of amazing though, like the state what the internet is in that you can have like the perfect teacher kind of in your mm-hmm. own computer. It's uh, it's amazing because I learn a lot oh, of, yeah. of the stuff that I do through that platform as well, and it's you know you, you learn so much yeah. new stuff and then so much old stuff is on there as well. So but I mean, it's also a
1: big good. step to move from Brazil to the United States just to kind of follow all well, your dreams, uh, because uh, like we know of course Anna Ribeiro who made PixelEdit from brazil uh yeah. and and you, we sometimes you know we also notice that they're like it's pretty challenging for us to get a headset to brazil even you know or buy one there um and it must have been so hard for you to maybe get started over there and then make that step because i'm sure you wanted to like you have family in brazil too so yeah. it's like you're leaving your family for you know what i mean
3: yeah, and um, just just to be clear, when I came into the States, I didn't even know what I was going to do. Like, a like, VR wasn't even an option. I was just like, I'm not happy in Brazil, and mm-hmm. I know that if I stay here, I will not be happier. So I'm yeah. just, just going to try a complete change in environment and see what happens oh, okay. um, as a result. So, yeah, once I started to, because, you know, when I went to the United States, I didn't have any friends. I had to start my life from scratch. But once you do that and you're starting from life from scratch again, you start to consider things that you wouldn't otherwise because you're like, no one knows me. I don't know who I am. Might as well try this new thing, you know, because And it's not? funny
0: you say that because I, I experienced this a lot when I was growing up because uh, I moved every three years because uh, my dad was in the army. So basically every three years you could like reinvent yourself or like exactly. improve things that you didn't like, uh, you know, when you in your previous location, you could say, oh, I'll tweak that a little bit and I'll become this different person. And you kind of evolve almost, don't you? So it's kind of interesting, but it is a very brave move to do it under your own steam. Obviously, I was forced to do it in my circumstances. Um... But it's interesting, like so when you got into developing like where the thoughts go and then you released it, because it was originally released on Go did it or Gear VR?
3: Um, it, it started with PC VR Steam and Oculus okay, and then okay. it released on Oculus Quest last year.
0: Okay, awesome. And like how has the reception been of like that app because it's quite innovative and it stands out as completely unique, like there isn't anything else like it out there in VR right now.
3: Um, it was really strong um, core audience that's intensely passionate about it. Um, and as, as like a group of people who just don't get it and get no enjoyment out of it. And, um, and then you have everyone in the middle. Um, but right. I, but I kind of like things like that, that, you know, they have a, like a, a like a, a group of people that are like hyper passionate about it. And, yeah. um, sometimes, you know, it comes at a cost of some people not understanding what the experience is about, but that's, I think it's a, it's just a trade-off of making unique things, Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been really good, especially critically. And it gave me all of the accreditation and the the awards and the press that I needed to get another visa to stay in the States so it all worked out pretty well Um, and yeah it was it was cool and yeah a lot of people that I know it's their favorite VR experience precisely because it's unique although you know you never get the same thrills that you get with with like The Walking Dead or something like that but you will get something new it's it's, it's what I want in VR honestly it's welcome it's welcome, and it, for sure. You know, it's kind of
0: moving as well, like, because it's kind of random, isn't it? Who you get in terms of like yeah, their completely. experience and some of them can be super emotional, you know, some, and they get, some of them get super deep as well. Having tried it myself, you know, some of them uh, do get like super deep into like what happened in their life because it's like, you know, tell me about like a time that you've fallen in love with someone or something like that. Is that am I remembering yeah. this right? Um and, and they go into super detail about it. And, and bearing in mind they're it's sharing this with complete strangers. Because it's anonymous it's of because course.
2: Because it got that anonymous like yeah. kind of feel to it. Like people are feeling more free to like share something like that than they probably would have uh, when they were actually physically talking to someone. Yeah, yeah. or assigned to so a name or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, a, and, yeah. And,
1: and, and next to that also let's uh, you mentioned the bar like some people are kind of anxious to you know uh, be social in in real life but this kind of gives you the opportunity to kind of experience it for the first time where you share something but you don't see this person but you know that someone is going to listen to it so you can kind of start kind of rolling into that so it's almost like the bar without the people but you just can't see them but they're there It's, it's
3: an introvert's dreamscape
1: yeah, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, That's true. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: So um, with that, like, did you get involved with, like, Oculus or anything like that to be, like, part of their Start program, or was it just a, a yeah. completely self-funded yeah,
3: I, app? Oh, it was self-funded. Uh, yeah. I did join Start, but, um, okay. yeah, I, I think the only way to do interesting things is, um, especially as an outsider, because no, no one fucking knew me, um, you know, and they didn't know if I could actually finish anything. Um hmm And actually, still is still like I actually try to get some projects funded that are like really weird and unique, and people actually are still hesitant to give me any sort of funding because it's like there's nothing like this. We don't know if it's gonna work. But that's precisely what makes uh, cool projects, Uh, and we can talk about that. But yeah, I was pretty much on on, on my own, Um, and you know that's what that's when coming and being in like a one man team really helps. You have runway. You don't need a lot of money to build things, but it is exhausting, and there is. there's a yeah, it, it drains a lot out of you doing a project like this for one two years, which is one of the reasons why I'm segueing into YouTube projects uh, yeah. with VR and AR.
0: Yeah, and, and before we touch on that, like, have you considered like um, releasing some of these more interesting ideas on like SciQuest, for example?
3: Um, yeah, it's just that there there there's like um, I I'm, I'm, I care a lot about polish and perfectionism so Mm -hmm. by the time you know you develop something that it has a certain level of polish it's not quest ready anymore um but i will try to find projects in the future that i can throw on the quest on on, on side quest um but it's like i i guess i thought about it but it's like i just can't do i can't post things that are unpolished online i just have this thing maybe it's something that i need to overcome and, and be better at but um yeah i'm trying to find the happy middle ground actually it's, it's,
0: it's, it's difficult yeah it's difficult it is difficult
1: yeah, i mean we, maybe we- when we spoke to zach last week you know uh, about yeah. vertigo he had like this um like giving a release date you know it's like okay, now it's really gonna come out so as a developer it's like you're, you're working on it in your own like you know bubble so you have no idea what people are gonna think of it from the outside uh it's the same for us when we upload a video right it's like you have no idea you you think it might be good and then when you upload it everyone loves it you're like well i thought it was okay so yeah i mean but he gave himself a hard deadline you know yeah yeah, yeah. And, and had to
0: stick with it that's the, yeah, that's yeah. the point there i guess
2: so it's, it's, he didn't use full or he didn't no, use no 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 he, he was a
0: bit more specific Spring. But yeah. well, maybe we can talk about this transition then from like VR dev into maybe like... Maybe
2: first... Go on, sure. Maybe first we can, because we have uh, quite a few questions from the okay, chat sure, from Lucas sure. as well, maybe on this, since we're still on this on this topic. Um, so first we had um, from Paradise Decay, um, um, does Lucas check, did Lucas already check out real VR fishing? The photogrammetry animation in that game is superb.
3: I have not. Um, I am checking it out right now.
0: <laughs> real VR fishing
3: good suggestion yeah. and wait they use photogrammetry had, in that uh, one i didn't know that um
2: apparently according to uh according to paradise it DK. looks real for sure
3: mm-hmm. oh yeah they they're super clever yeah they're mixing 360 photos and and real time elements yeah this is clever um yeah i'm looking at the trailer
2: cool yeah all right and then we have um from uh, uh, waffle Interesting name. He must be Potion. He asked, how long did it take for you to make the game?
3: So I was learning how to code as I was making it. Um, So I actually rebuilt it from scratch four times. And this is something that's going to happen when you're um, new. It's you start to make so many mistakes and they start to add up on top of each other to the point that it's quicker to rebuild the app from scratch than it is to, you know, fix those mistakes because they're just so fundamental um, wow. And then just like tearing the whole project down. So, um, like the first version of the game, it took like actually four months to make the, the like the you know the the uh, the first version. But I rebuilt it like I had to rebuild it three more times. So it ended up being like a one year and two months development cycle. But that's part of it, you know. It's part of the sacrifice. Um, but yeah, it's. And then I got to a point that I was polishing it too much, to the point that I was like, "Wait, no one cares about it. I should stop and release it." So Which right. happens a lot. So, but, but that—that's like that's kind of interesting because
1: in the end, um, usually, if like a bigger dev studio, they can't just start over every time because in the end, you need to deliver product. You have uh, investors. You have so how how do you manage that? Because in the end, I mean, you need money to live, but you also need money to make your next project or sell your project that you're working on.
3: Yeah, I was, I mean, for most of my life, I was always on the verge of bankruptcy and money would just appear um, magically when, when I needed it, there would be an there. opportunity that would work. Um, mm-hmm. But the way really that I um, f- actually funded my education is that initially when I was doing HoloLens projects, was the HoloLens? Okay, cool. Um, I bought a HoloLens when I had student debt and I, I had, I don't know why I bought this. It was such a bad financial decision um, to force <laughs> myself to like, I need to make money with this, otherwise I am screwed. And then I basically, um, because there was almost no mixed reality developers developing for this, I got one or two or three contract gigs um, in which they basically financed me learning how to make stuff for this. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then I I did that to pay for my education and all that stuff. Um, But then uh, I actually got uh, like a a small investment on where thoughts go. It was someone who was like, I don't know what this is, but I like you. Here's some money. I was like, okay, thanks. Um, and yeah, then I got a grant later. It was something that happened that I was lucky with. And now the Oculus Quest sales are helping a little bit. So it's, 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 it's this constant of just like things are happening. Yeah. And I've been trying to live this philosophy of like think about money all the time. So you never have to think about it at all. As in every time you meet someone who's done something really weird and artistic you, and you're like, how'd you fund this? And you just keep asking those questions all the time and try to find, you know, if there's something that, that's a good fit for what you're doing.
1: And if yeah. you're like doing that all
3: the time, money appears magically because one day. That's
1: why I was wondering that because I have met you many times. It seems like you're at every event. Like, uh, I think at VR days, I'm in Amsterdam and suddenly you pop up and I'm like, where the heck did you come from? It's like you're, <laughs> you're everywhere, connecting with everyone, of course, like learning from everyone. And yeah, I think it's a good tactic.
3: Being, yeah, being at conferences was instrumental, inst- like everything. Um, all the major connections that made me make the main decisions that I did, I made it at conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I started Where Thoughts Go because I went to a Unity conference and there was a Sundance Film Festival panel where they were saying, we want weird storytelling VR experiences and we don't care if there's, you know, if it's, if it's there's no reference for it. And I was like, oh, maybe I could turn Where Thoughts Go into that. And then I started doing it. And then mm-hmm. I met someone at GDC who led me to the grant. Um, mm-hmm. So, going to conferences is definitely really important, I think, as an independent, nice. um, because mm-hmm. you are yeah. your sales team. Yeah, <laughs> And now, Interesting. now you're one yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> one
1: yeah. of is us. A, one of that, us. Maybe
0: we, should talk, we should talk about that transition. Like, where, where did the idea of then, okay, now I'm going to create content on YouTube, and that's going to be like the plan going forward?
3: Okay, so, um, you know, as you're all creative people and you know what it is like to have lots of ideas and you just can't work on all of them. Mm. Well, I was like, how can I work on all of them? <laughs> is there a way to make this happen? Now, um, I did have the experience of working on a project for like one, two years with Where Thoughts Go and that was cool, but I'd much rather do 20 projects in two years than... <clears throat> one project every two years and because VR and AR is so new there's like so much crazy shit that you can make that maybe it doesn't have any commercial application or maybe it's no it's 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 a it's a megalomaniac project that um you know is basically no way you can make money off of that or turn it into a startup or anything but the idea is so cool that it's worth building and I was like maybe I could fill that gap right And, um, do all these crazy ideas that I have that I can't sell, but the story of making it is so interesting that it's worth making. So that's been something I've been thinking about in the past year and a half of like, oh, you know, all these things that would be amazing if someone made them, but there's no incentive to make them because there's no money in it. So I've been slowly trying to think of like, how can there be a way for me to build these crazy projects and start conversations and start controversy and just make VR exciting, especially for the average person, um, but also, you know, create a pipeline in which it's sustainable. And that's where Lucas Builds the Future started. And, um, yeah, I was like, starting with the time machine is a cool way yeah. of, 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 of starting this whole concept. And, again, it's something that a lot of work, can sell it, 7 terabytes of video. What am I going to do with that? But it's cool enough that, it like, when people watch it, hopefully they look at VR in a completely different way. And if I can do projects every month in which people are completely looking at VR and AR completely differently every month, that to me is progress for the whole yeah. industry. Um, especially if you're reaching the average mainstream person, because then they're like, "Oh, it's not just games; it's like, it's it's, it's world breaker, literally." Because you know we get to mold um, what reality looks like. So, yeah, I, I was thinking about it, and then in February I was like, I was actually at my low point with VR. I was like. Um, I was burned out. I was tired. I spent eight months trying to fund my VR experiences and no one would give me money. And I was like, you know what? I love this thing, this time machine. I don't know if it's gonna work. I'm gonna spend three months on it. I'm gonna give it all my all and see if the world accepts it and see if the world cares. If the world cares, great. It's a new career path. If the world doesn't care, I know they will never care because I put in my all. Yeah." Um, so that's what he did, and it worked out good. So thankfully,
1: how, how how do you define like care? in in that um, sense? I'm curious. Is it like just positive reactions it re- in whether general, it really or affects
3: people? Um, yeah, okay. mm-hmm. Whether it affects people at a deep, uh, you know, deep human level, because I don't want to just do things that are funny. Like there's plenty of people who do that, Michael Reeves, um, you know, who do projects that are funny and uh, but don't necessarily, you know, show you what new, you know, the brave new worlds of tomorrow. Um, so something that affects people at a really strong level, but also is easy um, enough for the average person to understand that it can go viral every time you create something, because mm-hmm. you need that, unfortunately, um, you need to be going, if I am to make this series long term, I need every project to go viral to some degree somewhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that makes of mm-hmm. simple, so everyone can understand it, yeah. but also have enough depth that it can really affect people.
1: Yeah, That's me, it's caring. It's interesting because when you say viral, then most people think about viral in terms of uh, viewers on YouTube. But viral can also mean viral in your uh, network of people. If people see this from, let's say, a business perspective and they're like, hey, it's cool what you're making. Uh, Are you going to make more episodes? Maybe we could do this and we could work on it together. So there a lot can come out of a video. That's what I'm saying in many different aspects.
3: Yeah, respect points are really important. Actually, uh, they open lots of doors, and this is something that I got with where thoughts go. Even though I didn't get crazy numbers, but um, with the time machine thing, I also try to make. Uh, sorry, not to get into it too quickly, but I also made a version for YouTube, version for Reddit, version for TikTok, mm-hmm. everywhere. And on Smart. Reddit, it got five million views, which was cool. Yeah. Um, YouTube didn't trickle down as much, but you know, it's it's a, it's a longer term strategy and tiktok and buy it It just didn't work at all you got to work on that oh wow i'm surprised actually it's 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 the algorithm it's tricky yeah
0: yeah Yeah. it's that we we know the daily battle with the algorithm for sure (laughs) um so like maybe you can talk about like how did this idea come about with the time machine and then maybe for some people that didn't watch the video like briefly kind of outline the the process that you went through to to get up and running
3: okay so um should i tell them what the time machine is First, yeah, yeah sure. just like a general yeah, review. Yeah, sure. So yeah. basically, the, the whole concept of the project is that I spent the entire year of 2019 wearing cameras on my face. Um, these cameras, in fact, these are spectacles. They record um, live from my perspective in stereoscopic 3D. So um, I spent the whole awesome. year traveling around the world, recording my life, because I, in 2019, I decided to become a digital nomad, so I would move countries every month or so, and then in, 2020, and then in 2020, using virtual reality, I built a time machine that lets me go back and relive moments from my past. And that's the general concept. Um, as to how it came about, I was not building a time machine at first. I was building like a memory palace um, so I could, you know, just walk around and see those memories and relive them in that way. But And I actually made a three-minute video that I was going to release of the memory palace, and it was ready to go. But... Um, I realized that every time that I described it to people, I called it a time machine, and that's when it would click. And then just before posting, I was like, "Well what if I rebuild this <laughs> as a time machine? Isn't it that much more compelling?" And turns out that it was. Um, yeah. So it was this iterative process of like um, yeah, slowly trying to find out what that balance is between an idea that's simple and something that's um, you know also really interesting. And yeah, it just happened slowly. In, in quarantine was when it really kicked and um yeah i also just like where right, let's go i did this video from scratch four times four times oh, oh my god no
0: these. way seriously Wow. i was especially trying to find out what my mean, voice
3: is you know yeah. i was like what's the but, style but is it gonna to... be narration is it gonna be vlog <laughs> do i sound like vsauce do i sound like this guy what's my voice i didn't know so i just like the
2: I'm... thing is with, with with the thing is with your video is because it's it's a quite lengthy video but there's so much work and effort that has been put in that video. And just knowing that you redid that video so many times. like we, we as, as we all make videos, we know how much time-consuming making a video can be. That is, uh, is, it, hmm. that is an incredible well, so, uh,
1: amount of devotion. So when you say redoing, that means not only did you sometimes record yourself or record something you're like this is not good enough, needs to be done again. But also maybe the, the storyline of how you were going to explain the time machine. So like hustling the whole puzzle and trying to put it together in a different way
3: uh yeah it's basically you know everything from the most basic things of like what is my voice in this you know what is my character um when does comedy come in when do do things get serious what is the style of comedy um and uh, all the way to yeah like how do you um which parts do you focus on which parts do you leave out but initially the first version of the video it was a memory palace and i made 10 minutes of it and i was like this is not bad, but it's not great. You know, it's 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 it was like people liked it, but they just liked it. Mm-hmm. And whenever I send something to people and they're like, "Oh, that's cool," I like I feel like a failure. <laughs> right, yeah, like it's 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 it's, it's kind of like all or nothing. You either right. make them go like, "Whoa, what the fuck," or um um <laughs> don't do it at all. So I just was trying. I just kept trying to get to that oh, to, yeah. you know, you- to you know to get totally, explosive yeah. reactions.
0: You should totally open up those old cuts of the video, like as a Patreon tier or something like that.
3: Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. People, would, people would pay for that, it's especially
0: so cringy. Like if, if it goes bigger from here, then you've definitely got an audience there to check those older videos mm-hmm. out. But, um, but what, so, so you, you, you know, you come up with the idea, you've made the video, you've released it. What, what was the, you know, how did that feel like releasing the video into the wild and, and then the reaction that it got? Like, how, how did you find that?
3: um i was i you know i i, I I'm, I'm glad to went viral on reddit um i thought i was gonna do better on twitter i think it i think twitter might does this twitter shut down posts that have youtube links in them no it's uh, just that i think is, twitter is a okay. country, the platform yeah. where
1: they where someone watches a video that's where it comes down to it's yeah. like you share okay. an opinion in text form that's kind of yeah. what it comes down I'm- to
3: i was i was glad it went viral on reddit that went to the front page and all of that because you know i designed this project to go viral and that that basically confirmed in my head that you can design projects to go viral Mm. from the get-go you know the way you build them so it's like Mm. that's important because you need that in the long run um but what i didn't really expect the the response on youtube um Mm. the comment section was fucking insane like people were (laughs) writing these essays and uh, the subscriber-to-view ratio was really high. Now it lowered, but it was like 10%. So every 10 people who watched it, one would subscribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it didn't it like has 100,000 views, 150,000 views right now, um, even though the numbers on YouTube weren't crazy high, the, um, it seems to really have made an impact on the people that do watch it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe the YouTube algorithm will be kind to me one day and start showing this to people a year, two years from now mm-hmm. um, if I keep making this stuff. But it was, yeah, I was happy. Yeah. And I was happy that people liked that I got serious because mm. in early versions of the video, I was like, I was trying to make everything a joke all the time because mm-hmm. I was afraid of losing people if I stopped joking around, but looks like they like depth. And that yes. gives me so much hope that people like depth because sometimes <laughs> you can forget, you know, especially in the age of today where you, you, some like, is it worth to make a 30-minute thing and spend all this time doing something that's, you know, more, more long-form and more thoughtful when you can just yeah. do... 10-second clips well, on TikTok. I, I and especially... it's, like this, it's
0: like this show, you know? <laughs> you know, we could, we could put together a 10-minute recap of the news every week, um, but we don't. We, we do it oh. in this, like, long-form format, you know? Uh, it's, it's,
1: it's, a very, it's very challenging because we're living in a time where people get bored pretty quickly, you yeah. know? We're used to just scrolling through videos, not really watch them anymore, just get to the interesting part, watch it, and then just get to the next one. You know, Netflixing, like, you can pick everything you want or you don't pick it. So, so having a video that long... And then going serious because YouTube usually, as a platform, is more about the entertainment part. Finding something that is more serious is usually a little bit more hidden. Um, so having something like this, and as you said, like people really, you know, getting into it and listening to what you have to say, I mean, that that that's that's a you know a accomplishment on itself. And I think it, I think the the reason why it was so
0: successful though is because it had a, that that nice balance of being deep. Uh, being super interesting, uh, yeah. a medium that people don't really know that much about, and also just being really entertaining and well-edited as, as well. I think it was Agent. a combination of a lot of things you know, that, yeah. that made it super successful.
3: Yeah, I, I, I am trying to make this a very unique format in which it's half fiction, half nonfiction, mm-hmm. in which it's going to be jumping between the two. Um, and there's tons of stuff I want to do with that. But it's... Um, especially when it comes to dramatizing certain parts of the, the building process. So it's it's more... Um, So it feels like, you know, an actual story with conflict and twists and turns, which is Mm. not very common for YouTube videos. Um, But I think one concern that's that's um, that's that's important to bring up is there is such a thing as being too original and being too original can hurt you Mm. a lot, actually, of being some doing something that's so new that it just goes beyond to um, to most people. And this is something they probably have to deal with as well. You have to be original on the edges. You, you can't be too original to the point that you're like, people don't get it. You have to be yeah. just original enough and have some of the old, so people understand what you are and they can mm. enjoy you know the, the uniqueness. Um, well, especially with this bits. video you made,
1: right? It's about VR. Well, most people on YouTube, they have never really seen VR and they're like, what is this? And like, we see that every day where people learn new stuff so you like even with our videos we don't want to get too complicated with the whole vr thing so like the way you did it like you explain what vr is and you explain what time traveling is so you have the like the best balance where it's like a little roller coaster but it doesn't go too up and and down but kind of keeps keep it in the middle so i think i think you did very did a great job with that
0: I think as well, like the reaction, like, uh, you yes. know, I saw an article about like the video and G- Gizmodo, you know, a tech website that I, I, I view regularly. And I think you, you, you were on like, you got asked to be on what, some TV shows. Did you get asked, asked yeah. to be on some TV shows? Which is pretty crazy. Like, how yeah. was that experience? No, this, this
3: was super cool. Um, so I was last week, I had an interview with uh, Kelly Clarkson at the Kelly Clarkson show, which is an wow. NBC show, which means that VR has made it to a housewife show. Yes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That is amazing.
3: (laughs) Yes. Um, And to me, that was like, yes, this can actually be mainstream, right? You can actually make things that um, that people who are not usually connected to the VR market um, care about. Um, But that was actually the biggest thing for me is just knowing that, oh, you can tell a story about VR, you know, that American housewives care about. um, And it's not that housewives don't do VR, but for the most part, the demographics don't don't line up. Okay. Yeah just how it is right now um that was cool uh, so yeah it's that mix of making something that can go viral making something that has depth not only so you can you know create a conversation and actually meaningfully change how people think about this but also so that you can have the press thing so it's a press cycle on yeah. every a viral and a press cycle on every episode which again is needed um if you're going to do something that's higher quality and it's only like one yeah. episode every 45 days
0: and what about um you know, the future episodes, like your plans for the future, are they going to be VR focused or is it, is it generally VR or is it other tech or, you know, what's the kind of plan for the future?
3: I'm going to be jumping between VR and AR for the next five episodes. That okay, I have scheduled. nice. Um, you working in
0: five episodes at the same time?
3: Um, I mean, so here's the thing. Some, like I have some ideas for episodes and I'm like, this will be really good. Um, but you know, it's, I should do this one later. Um, So some ideas are just like simmering in the background and I have like good episodes structured for them. And some of them are like, oh, I should do this right now because of the timing and because of of the series because I want to do some VR things that are, uh, VR and AR things that are fairly controversial. But for me to go into controversy, I need to first like just earn the trust of people a little bit, you know, um, do a couple episodes where everyone's happy um, so I can then make the episodes that split audiences. Um, So there's also that, but, I'm going to start with VR and AR in the, past, the next five episodes, and then I want to move into other aspects of technology, of AI, of food technology, of, uh, and doing creative crazy projects with brain interfaces and all of that. Um, but VR and AR is where my niche audience is. It's where most of my ideas are because it's what I do. Um, so that's what, what I want to start with, but always exploring things that are underexplored. So um, episode four, for example, will be focused on the future of propaganda, um, and I think that's a Big thing with VR that people don't talk about because they talk about VR as being as this beautiful empathy machine, but you can make people feel empathy for terrible, terrible things, um, and make them. You know, it's just just um, <laughs> you can brainwash people, and people don't yeah. talk about it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna build something that brainwashes people and see how the world reacts. Um, and <laughs> 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 so yeah, those those kinds of things that really you know move conversation and make VR exciting again because I've been a little bit. I feel like the innovation in VR has been a little bit decreasing in the past two years. Yeah. People are starting to find out what works commercially and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. people are moving on to making more commercially-based decisions rather than this is stuff. really cool and yeah. it needs to exist.
0: Yeah, no. I totally agree. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. But yeah, I'm interested in these like controversial episodes. I think they're going to be super fun.
3: Yeah, the 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 series actually, I wanted to start with an episode that involves food tech that I've always wanted to do. But I can't. I need a year of practice before I can do it. But there's like, the controversy wow. ones are, my, are the ones I'm excited about too. But I'm yeah. trying to do them very carefully. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to bother you a lot about this because I don't oh, want to. Cool. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Responsibility. Uh-
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once you build that audience, you've got a responsibility to look after them, of course. Um, Maybe we should take some questions. If anyone's got a question in the chat for Lucas before we move into releases, then uh, then go ahead. But it's been super interesting to sort of pick your brain about, you know, how you got to this point. Because I think a lot of developers took a similar path, you know, just kind of like building stuff, breaking it, learning from it, building again, you know, that kind of mentality.
3: Yeah. Yeah
1: but yeah. de- like a, like a developer becoming a youtuber that's something that i that's, that's rarely right. see but it's interesting like we have seen it the other way around where for example you know uh, brandon from stress level zero is you know he yeah. was a youtuber and then he went into making games so mm-hmm. that's the other way around but i've never seen it the way you do it where it's mm-hmm. like you make a complete series on something
3: yeah i don't I haven't seen a lot of people that really combine this kind of, you know, just gen- basic, you know, good amount of creative and technical knowledge with storytelling, um, and yeah, like there's lots of bi- DIY on YouTube, especially with tech, is huge, but most of it is like fun projects or things that are funny, but are not really like, you know, mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of meat in them. Mm-hmm. Even though I loves, uh, I love all the Michael Reeves videos where he tases people. Um, yeah, they're brilliant. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's there's a there's a way to do that. But um, to me, it was more like, oh, you can get a hundred times the audience, and I can do projects twenty times faster, and I don't have to wait for the technology to catch up with the mainstream public. I can do just do whatever idea I want to do right now instead of having to wait until the headsets get eye tracking and stuff like that. So, mm, yeah. so that's really the main reason. Um, well, you're creating yeah, your own
1: format. That's what you're doing, and then in yeah, the end, cause... people will kind of like the first one was pretty good start so
3: yeah try telling a creative person to wait
1: <laughs>
3: to be creative. Yeah, it doesn't work it, it doesn't yeah. work
0: no we've got some good questions um from the chat um how did you nomad with all that hardware or did you only carry the quest
3: i carry the quest in the rift s um and i i mean it's i only have like one you know one big bag and and a, a carry-on bag you don't need much to live actually in this world um, i don't own furniture And I don't want to own furniture for the foreseeable future because it's just dead weight. But yeah, yeah, I think I might just use the quest from now on, especially the quest two is what I think it's going to be. I'd love um, to have just a quest two.
0: Absolutely. And where are you living right now, by the way?
3: I'm in the Bay Area, actually. I stopped traveling because of COVID. Um, But I'm going back on the road in September, but focus on rural locations. So nature.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
3: You can save Uh, a lot of money, too. It's cheaper than people think. It's way cheaper than living in any major American city.
0: That's interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, we got a we got a few comments um, as well. Like uh, first we had uh, uh, Vrids and C saying that Lucas is the doppelganger of a famous French artist called Orlazon. Orlezan. I I never heard of him before, but wait, t- I just wanted to. You oh. <laughs> wrote it O R E L S A N. Okay. I have no idea who that is. And then we have d one be60 VR saying, We do need Snake for Quest. So uh, maybe we should still release that uh, that title. <laughs> <after Schneeger all. laughs> scale. Oh, that actually wouldn't
3: be hard. Yeah. Snake yeah. Sounds yeah. like a pretty fit title. <laughs> and
1: yeah.
2: then we have quite a few people who are actually saying that they actually just subscribe to your channel. And there, there are a couple of people asking what uh, your channel is as well. But I believe that we posted it in the description. Uh, already, or we'll do so uh, yeah. after after if not, the show goes Go out. check
0: it out as Lucas builds the future. Yeah, indeed. indeed. Um, and we've got one more question from Fabza who says, uh, "What do you think about the innovation happening in dreams within PSVR?" Um, Biggest you know,
3: innovation hub in VR, probably yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yeah,
0: um,
3: yeah there's going to be. It's going to be the, the the place where we're going to see the most unique VR gameplay mechanics. I think for the next couple of years, it's going to be the best. Um, Title and and sort of of like the amount of experiences you can get for the money you pay for. Mm -hmm. Um, I adore Dreams. I'm so sad Sony owns it, so it can't be on PC. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm going to be like checking that out all the time because I think it's going to be the most innovative place in VR when it comes to interaction. Um, Yeah. And uh, I almost envy a little bit because it's so fun to build stuff there. And yeah.
0: And I think we mentioned this on last week's show, it's going to kind of pave the way for maybe future VR developers, you know, like finding their feet within dreams. Uh, I think it's a super unique platform. And yeah, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. Uh, for sure. Uh, I think it's been, it's been amazing talking to you. I think we could talk to you for hours about your projects. Um, <laughs> but let's move on to uh, some releases with Rowdy and, uh, and sort of round up the show, but it's been an absolute pleasure, Lucas. So uh, yeah, f- thank you again for joining us. Um, Go on then, Rowdy. What what sort of releases have we got to look forward to uh, next week? Anything good on the, uh, on the lineup?
2: Yeah, like I did a bit of research and I, did, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a slower week, I would say. Like we had a, a lot of like awesome titles that came out uh, just in the past week. I think Onward being, uh, you know, everyone's uh, top of the list there. Uh, but we have one that is coming out on uh, the oculus quest and the rift and steam on orca 7 and it's called the shooty skies overdrive and this kind of feels like a little bit like um uh, uh, uh what's the name a space pirate simulator uh it has a little bit of that kind of feel but then more like an even more like retro kind of feel um the the description goes as follows escape the arcade and shoot these guys over an action packed VR shoot em up dodge and weave your way through dynamically generated enemy waves and blast them at point blank rage an incredibly journey through a colorful retro world and ridiculous alien invaders and I think that's indeed like a a pretty accurate description it it kind of feels like the art style from you know space invader uh, just with a lot more color uh, to it yeah Yeah, room scale bullet hell
0: shooter experience.
2: The very well
3: written description. Yeah, the girl
0: in the trailer actually is uh, Nazy from Twitch. I don't know if you you know her, but um, she's actually got a Twitch channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But yeah, I checked out the game recently. Actually, it's it's very basic, of course. You know, it's just got like Mm -hmm. a nice aesthetic to it. Uh, It's just like a a a shooter with a, a plane that's basically stuck to your controller. Um, yeah. But it does have some some charm to it with some of the, the sort of like the design of it and like the kind of pixel blocky artwork. It's kind of nice, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's pretty basic.
2: Yeah, I got the, I got a couple of more titles, uh, two more actually that are that are releasing this week as well. Uh, it's a uh, Rocking Hero. That's uh, another one of them, and this is kind of like the. Um, like the music genre, if you ever wanted to become a rock star, uh, but then the virtual reality—how was it called again? Is it Guitar Hero? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's a kind of like the VR version for it. So the description of this one goes as follows. It's, Play your virtual guitar in musically dynamic environments at the sound of an original rock metal inspired ra- soundtrack or customize your experience by creating your own levels with your own music in our map editor. Multiple c- control schemes are available and more to come during early access. Now... I've only found this on uh, the Steam store, so it will be released for the Valve Index H5 uh, and the Oculus Rift officially. I haven't found it on the Quest store, so uh, I, I do I do think that you know they should, the developers should maybe look into that because it feels like well, a title like this might actually benefit from being on, is, the, on the Quest. There store is there is someone
1: working on a, on a guitar game where it's hand tracked, so I, yeah. I think that's what what people are want to want to play on Quest, I guess. Um, also, there is still, of course, um, is it Rock Band VR? Yep. Yeah. That you can with also play, them, yeah. but... With the extra add-on? Well, the add-on yeah. that is still available on on the Oculus uh, website that you can still buy. Is it? Yeah, you can it, buy yeah. it. Yeah, it shipped with the
0: CV1 though, right? Yeah, it I don't think I have it. I, anymore, and most
1: people think... who got the CV1, they had no idea what this uh, thing was, and I also felt like the game never really got the hype that it no. or deserved, or it was just not... I I, I just remember the trailer of Palmer Lucky coming out with a tour bus, and then... It was amazing. S- uh, destroying the guitar, and... That was amazing. <laughs> I, I still I like that's what I wanted to see Jason Rubin doing or or uh, well, Mike, you know. Funnily uh, enough,
0: it is Jason Rubin's favorite VR game. That's what he said yeah, when I asked him, anyway. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Um, so so this title is releasing on August sixth, uh, and then I actually included one more game uh, that is releasing next week as well, and I did this especially for Lucas uh, because it's also a very uh, unique and different kind of experience. It's releasing on the seventh of August, and it's called. Emergence. Um, now, this is an open-world VR environment expressing the primal desire to ma- maintain your individual identity whilst being part of a crowd. And I have absolutely no idea what that means or 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 how that works. But Whoa. the trailer looks freaking awesome. Um, I'll read a little bit more about the game because I. I, I literally don't know what it's about. Um, as you immerse yourself in a crowd of thousands, shafts of light beckon you closer. As you touch the light, the environments, it its atmosphere, its gravity and the choreography of the crowd transform in powerful ways, continually challenging your perception. It, it is showing 5000 plus intelligent human behaviours. Emergence offers a powerful, unique experience of a crowd that is only possible with the latest graphics technology. And I think that is um, something that is.
0: What? Is 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 this a VR game? Like, it doesn't even look like a VR game.
2: It it doesn't look like a VR game, right? But it has VR support for Valve Index, HC Vive, and the Oculus Rift.
0: Wow, that's Uh, weird. It's like
2: third person. With with tracked motion controllers. From a third person perspective, it looks
0: like. Okay.
2: This looks. It's
0: okay. a very strange-looking game. Yeah.
2: Very, yeah. Oh, we can't hear you, Lucas. You're you're muted. <laughs> you're, 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 you're muted, <laughs> okay, let me Lucas. Guess. Hi, Lucas. Uh, Hi.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was expressing my enthusiasm, and yeah, I am like, so If we you play something that. like this, you just you yeah you you just can't forget something like this once you play it. It just looks like it's one of those. You know, there's no crazy gameplay, but it's like it gives you a perspective that you can only get in VR, and it just burrows into your brain and it changes yeah. how you ch- see the world just a little bit. And it's yeah. like
0: yeah. when everyone was like keeping the distance, it's like social social distancing simulator twenty twenty. This is the opposite. Ah! Yes, <laughs>
2: that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah. And interesting. Then, uh, I have one more title that I that I wanted to include just because I, I think it's cool, and they have a release date of summer twenty twenty, which means absolutely nothing, Uh-oh. but I'm expecting it to become. I mean, it's summer. I mean, it's it's quite hot here. Yeah. It's quite hot in the UK. So bring it out already. And it's called Stride. Uh, and this is kind of like the mirror's edge of virtual reality. It's a, it's a story parkour <laughs> action game in virtual reality. You battle enemies in the canopy of a quarantined metropolis. So again, they, they got the perfect time period to release it now. Um, experience the feeling of vertical as you stream between rooftro- rooftops and flow across balconies in your effort to save the city. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is visually a, an awesome game to play and also just you know the feeling of getting a mirror's edge game in virtual reality yeah. would be would be awesome. I
1: I would be I honestly I would warn for this one because Joe Way the developer has a reputation of not or not finishing games or when they do finish it it's kind of half baked. And they're like, I don't know, it usually looks more like, okay, we make some quick money and let's make the next one. Maybe I'm wrong, yeah. but that's that's how I have seen them making games in the past and also now. So, yeah, Mirror's Edge in VR, trailer looks pretty solid, but I would still kind of, you know, wait it out, see yeah, what course, Steam reviews say. It is a trailer, uh, of course, they're going to show the best true, parts. But I mean, Mirror's Edge in VR sounds like super hyped and great, oh, and I, I, I would love to. <laughs> have a proper one in vr for sure
3: wait okay yeah there's something about this wait okay i'm I'm unmuted um the trailer um it looks so much like mirror's edge that the youtube algorithm tags it as mirror's edge gameplay yeah true. it actually thinks that it's mirror's edge and i found that was like amazing
0: wow (laughs) wow
3: is there a game um that you're like super hyped about like
0: if there's one game that you could say like oh i'm super excited about this one is there one on your list lucas that's coming out maybe this year or something that you've played already that might be coming out next year? No. No?
3: And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I I think that's fair to
0: say because, you know, like, if you think about it right now, especially on, like, a PC VR platform... Releases that we really, really want to look forward to are like Microsoft Flight Simulator, Squadrons, maybe Medal of Honor as well, yeah. you know, Lone Echo 2. Lone but, Echo 2. You know, you could, 2. you could count yeah. them all on a, on a single hand, and I think that's that's unfortunate. Right yeah, now.
3: like I'm going to love Squadrons. I'm going to play it the hell out of it. Um, You know, all the ones you mentioned, Medal of Honor, but it's like something that's like, you know, has me just like my eyes sparkling and I'm waiting for it. Yeah. You know, usually I discover those experiences and film festivals and stuff, and it's an accident, but there's nothing really that I look at. With real enthusiasm. Oh, I, I, I think enough.
1: what I think what you said before: we want some innovation, we want something new, we want something different, and that's going to mm. shine in VR for sure. And hopefully, like you know, the projects
0: that you're working on will inspire yeah. maybe some people to take a risk on something uh, and make something a bit more unique and interesting, rather than the kind of go for the commercial, <laughs> you know, successes. Uh, like you said, which is which is fair.
3: It's fair, and it makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, but I also think there's room for people who are doing things that are unapologet- unapologetically weird. And if you do yeah. them enough, people start recognizing for it and maybe you can build a life around it. Um, but it does take that leap of faith that, you know, I don't know if what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. For maybe, we'll, or or three. maybe we'll see more of that innovation when Oculus adopts, you know, this kind of like easier platform to sideload or install content that isn't available in the official store that we'll see some more interesting innovation like we've seen on SideQuest already. Um, but I think that's coming uh, soon, hopefully in the future. And, Will be announced alongside the next quest at OC seven. So fingers crossed. Dreams,
3: yeah. dreams is the game that I'm most excited about, and all the things that will be made there. It's really the yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's actually oh, my yeah. answer.
0: Okay, no, that's fair enough. Do you think Horizon will be a uh, something similar in a way? Because they're kind like of Facebook's uh, new Horizon. Yeah, they're kind of suggesting mm-hmm. that you kind of be able to build your own worlds and do that kind of stuff. Do You think it'll be more limited? Maybe though?
2: build words, but um, yeah. I don't think gameplay.
0: Okay. We'll have to wait and see, I guess.
2: Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um,
0: thank you again, no Lucas, for joining us on this week's show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking VR for you, with you for, for this episode. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, 12 midday in Central US. Also check out the audio version, which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud and on Spotify. Make sure you hit the like button on YouTube if you enjoy the show, shows us that you care and subscribe to the channel for all our future content as well thank you for joining us live everyone we really appreciate you and we'll see you next week at the usual time and Zim will be joining us back on the show as well thanks again to Lucas Uh, it's been awesome having you on the show and yeah have a great week until then bye-bye for now take care see you later bye